inside the secret Gibby headquarters here in beautiful Belleville, Ontario for another edition of Gibby's football podcast. I am your host, Zach McGibbon, and back on the show this week for a look back at week 11 and previewing week 12. I can't believe we're continuing on like this with the NFL season. We're, we're making our way through, but Matthew Vernon is back on the show to talk some more about the NFL and other things happening around the world of football. Matt, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, doing pretty good. Doing uh, doing not too bad. Excited to be back, and uh, just want to thank you for having me back on. Hey, no worries, man. I I, I know that uh, you bring the knowledge, you bring the skill uh, when it comes to uh, football, and so uh, it's always good to have you back on. It's uh, it's been an interesting last couple of weeks because I with this football podcast, obviously you talk about professional football, but I also try a whole bunch of different things on this show, uh, and. A lot of the times I just try and test out different topics. You know what I mean? Uh, especially food topics. And I was going to throw in another food topic this week, but I've been getting absolutely eviscerated when it comes to food topics the last couple of weeks. Like You've most, got bad food takes? Uh, well, I got one bad food take, and it's more of a drink take than a food take. But uh, And I have just been getting absolutely eviscerated to the point where I'm like, I don't want to share any more takes when it comes to what I eat or what I drink or who I am as a human being, really. But That's uh, the toughest part about being an influencer is you put yourself <laughs> out there, right? <laughs> yes. Influencer is a strong word. I'll go with content creator. But uh, yeah, I mean, the most recent one has been, uh, and if we have a couple of listeners from This Is Wrestling that uh, listen into this show, but... Um, the big one for me, and I knew it was going to get some pushback, um, but uh, you're an orange juice guy, I assume, Mr. Vernon. Big orange juice guy. I like orange juice. You yeah. like orange juice? Are you a pulp guy in your orange juice? Hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm a some pulp guy. Okay, see, like, I know I, 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 I have no problem with pulp. I have no problem without pulp. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll drink whatever, right. but if it's, if it's one of those ones where it's just like, an orange juice slushy. I'm I'm not a huge fan, but like, but like, if it's a little bit like toned down from that, I'm good. Yeah, a some pulp guy. Look, I can respect that. I can totally respect that. the The, the take that I had was, I love the extra pulp in orange juice. I love the oh. extra pulp orange juice. So you were talking about the orange juice slushy sort of deal. I'm an extra pulp guy. I literally had a bottle of extra pulp uh, orange juice in my fridge just a few days ago. Um, and I knew that was going to be a controversial take, uh, but I love pulp. I don't know what it is. It's it's first of all, it's good for you. It's good for you to have pulp. I never really understood the arguments for pulp in the orange juice, like or, or being against pulp in the orange juice, because it's like they're like, oh, it's a bunch of crap in it. It's like, no, it's the oranges themselves. It's not like they're throwing other stuff in. You're getting <laughs> extra fruits into your like. That's a good thing. Um, and I- so. 
I was just going to say, like, I, I, so I knew the extra pulp was going to be a thing. The amount of people that were really against me for even having some pulp in the orange juice, it was like I was fighting for my life. Mr. Burton, I was fighting for my life on, on, on Twitter, just getting tagged in a whole bunch of tweets, just being like, hey, how could you like pulp in your orange juice? It's it's to these people. It's no pulp, no exceptions, nothing. It's It's got to be the juice. I think generally I am no pulp. Um, but like I said, I don't mind some pulp. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I I find it funny just people living there just like artificially adding, you know, pulp yeah. to orange to orange juice. No, I, 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 I respect I respect your stance. I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with it, but <laughs> I uh I applaud the efforts to fight your fight. You're uh, I think it sounds like you're holding a lot in there, Mr. Vern. You wanna unleash, you wanna say, Zach. What the hell? It's okay. Look, I've been facing it on Twitter, okay? And look, at this point now, with the way Twitter is going, I cannot wait for it to go away. Not because of <laughs> the other things, but because I can no longer be tagged in tweets saying I'm Hornswoggle or that I, I'm a guy that likes extra pulp in his orange juice or really anything that kind of defines me as a human being, really. You might have the unluckiest experience on Twitter. Like, I, I can't imagine your mentions. <laughs> oh, my God. I will just get the occasional tweet every once in a while just being like, hey, Hornswoggle, look at this. And I'm like, I feel like you probably get the occasional follower that thinks that. Oh, <laughs> they just yeah. click on your profile. And, oh, wow. He switched careers. <laughs> yes. He's got a podcast yeah, now. <laughs> wow. Good for him. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I always wondered how Hornswoggle himself kind of sees that sort of stuff because he'll get tagged in that stuff too and he's aware of it because i'm sure you've seen the 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 cameo yeah. video that uh, somebody yeah. i still don't know who by the way but somebody paid for a cameo video to say to, to the guy to hornswoggle himself not me of course to hornswoggle i remember himself. i remember when you got that we were so excited for you <laughs> it was like it just kind of like proved or at least we thought it proved that yeah. you guys weren't the same person. Right. And somehow <laughs> it actually like made it worse. Like it made the, you just recorded a video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, wow, why did Zach record a video of himself? And like accusing me of like taking the money and running and whatever, because of the cameo thing, like what is going on? So that's just kind of been my life for the last couple of years, all because I shared a funny comment on a YouTube video, just being of a guy saying, Hey, uh, what what is this grown up hornswoggle doing interviewing this wrestler? That's all it was. That's all the comment was. And at the time, I thought it was so funny. Like it was just one of the funniest like comments I saw. So I share it with other people, and that was my big mistake was sharing it. I should have just kept it in the YouTube comment, had a good laugh for myself, and now here we are. We're like five years later or whatever, and I'm still getting tagged in hornswoggle tweets. I don't know how hornswoggle himself is taking it. I. I uh, I've once uh, thought of the idea of getting like some Hornswoggle eight by tens and signing them myself and try to sell them for some money, but apparently that's a case of identity fraud. So you know what? Probably not going to do that. But uh, yeah, that's just kind of how it's been, uh, Mister Vernon. I, I don't know how I continue to be accused of being Hornswoggle all these years later. Well, one last thing before we get to the to the football talk here, I I have a potential solution for your problem of identity oh, theft. Oh, I love it! Just sign the pictures of Hornswoggle as yourself, and then sell them. <laughs> oh, just just do just do that. I mean, yeah. you're not pretending to be Hornswoggle. Just sign them as yourself. You know what? They just happen to be on pictures of Hornswoggle. <laughs> 
you know what? I didn't even think of it that way. Like just that's good. It's the small changes. It's the small little change, but it makes a big difference. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about, yeah. And I'm not talking about small changes like Hornswoggle is small. Okay. I'm talking about like this, the big change. Okay. So I like it. See, this is why you're back on You're you're supportive of me. You're not, you're not, you know, putting me down for my orange juice, extra pulp take or, or me being Hornswoggle. You're encouraging, you know, I, you know, the last time I had you on, I was like, I need you to be my therapist. And you said, uh, I, I don't think I'm paid enough for it, but you know what? You're, you're a good therapist, my friend. I, I, I don't, I think I got to pay you more. I, uh, I think that I just need to, I just need to come on and, and, and butter you up before we get to the Rams talk, because I'm just really <laughs> embarrassed about how the season's gone. So I'm just all my niceness. I'm just throwing out there just desperately hoping to get on your good side before we talk about the Rams. Oh, <laughs> uh, that way I don't have to eviscerate the Rams. I see there's, I knew there was an ulterior motive. I knew there was an ulterior motive. Um, well, don't worry. We're not going to get to the Rams for a while. We're going to first talk about, uh, some different news going on. And in this case, we'll, we're going to lead off with this. I was debating on where to put this, if we wanted to keep it at the end or if we wanted to put it in the middle or, or wherever, but I say, you know what, let's just make that the first thing because you know, we, there's a lot of NFL podcasts out there. And so I knew kind of joining, making my own football podcast, I was joining a very crowded medium. Um, and so trying to find different ways to kind of make the podcast stick out. And one of the things I do love when it relates to football is the CFL. I don't get to talk about the CFL that much uh, on the show. And uh, mainly because as an Ottawa Red Blacks fan, there really isn't much to cheer about <laughs> this season, especially getting to go to the home games and them not winning a single home game this season. Like it just brings it right back to the expansion years uh, of a couple of years ago. Um, but uh, I will say, you know, the CFL, it kind of gets a bad rep sometimes as this like lesser league of like lesser players. And I think because, you know, with the with the way that the 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 rules are set and there's different uh, intuitive plays that are done, that I think the CFL legitimately can be a really good option for people because, you know, we're ta- we're hearing about the XFL. They had their draft recently. Ben DiNucci is in this league. Let's go get excited. Gucci DiNucci is back. But uh, you've got the XFL, obviously the USFL, if you're a big fan of the uh, of the New Jersey Generals of the of the 80s or whatever. Um, but the CFL has always kind of been there and there's been good players that have gone through there. Warren Moon, obviously, is the first person that kind of comes to mind. Doug Flutie, um, you know, Jeff Garcia had a run in the CFL for a little bit. So you can go on and on with the different players. And the reason why I bring up the CFL is because their championship game was this past Sunday, the Grey Cup. And it was looking like that, you know, it was it was the Toronto Argonauts versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Blue Bombers have won the last two Grey Cups. And so it was looking that like maybe a dynasty was being formed here uh, for the Blue Bombers, but not to be. Uh, this game was something else here, Mr. Vernon, because especially the last couple of minutes in the fourth quarter, I had not seen let, uh, one blocked field goal, two blocked field goals in this game. At the timing that it came in uh, on this one as well, I mean, the, the Argonauts were able to beat the Blue Bombers 24-23. to 23. Uh, This was a really fun game, and I think a good showcase for the CFL. And uh, I, I don't know if you were able to catch the game there, Mr. Vernon, but uh, just your thoughts on the CFL themse- itself and any thoughts of the Grey Cup if, if you've seen it. 
Well, I've long held the belief that the CFL is an extremely fun league. And I think that, uh, you know, more Americans, more, you know, anybody that's not from Canada that is able to tune in, they'd be able to watch good football. I, I think the CFL pound for pound is one of the better sports to watch in North America. Just, just the way it plays is, is really fun. It's very exciting. And I think the Grey Cup matchup here kind of showcased that. And, you know, if there was a game that people might be tuning into from the States, the Grey Cup might be that game. I, I can't really think of any other matchup in the CFL schedule that, you know, somebody from, you know, Idaho might like check out and tune into. But mm. um, I'm, I'm super happy that this was the game that was so exciting. Like you said, the, the final few minutes just... Uh, just a completely ridiculous kind of storybook ending there. <laughs> Unreal. And uh, and I, I just I I'm I'm hopeful that at least uh, some people might have been able to tune in and, and be converted to CFL fans. Uh, I was able to make it to a couple of Red Blacks games this year, and like you said, uh, not <laughs> it's a fun experience. Yes, it's a very fun experience. It really is. It's a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> they might not be great games, but it's a fun experience. Yeah. Then they hit the and, field, uh, then it's like totally different. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, but that's the I think the 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 thing about CFL is is like you know I'm from Ottawa. I'm from the Ottawa area. I have a hometown team that I can cheer for. Um, Saskatchewan's got a team. Like you know, uh, obviously, like Rough Riders fans are are huge, like worldwide. Yeah. Um, like BC's got a team, Edmonton's got a team. Uh, they might, they don't really have football connections otherwise, and so it's it's really awesome for for these communities in Canada to have a chance to to have a team and to support a team. Yeah, and 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 it's it's interesting too because it's like. I think special teams uh, in the CFL is way more important in this league than it is in the NFL. Way more important. And we saw that, obviously, in the game, uh, in the Grey Cup game with all those blocked field goals. But, you know, the, there's actual points attached. Uh, there's strategy involved with, with the special teams. So it's not like you just kind of see the special teams like, all right, I'm going to go go up, grab a snack, and just we'll see where the ball lands, and, and I'll just be right back into it. No, there's actually some strategy to it. And I think... When you mention that to some people, they kind of see that as like, wow, you're really trying to sell me on the league be through special teams just based on the reputation that the NFL has kind of established for special teams. But there's that. I mean, I, I want to get your thoughts on this because this has been talked about for so long when it comes to the CFL. But what what do you make of the three downs, uh, the, the lawn fields, that sort of deal? Because I know that the, 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 there's been conversation of making it four down league, shortening up the field, putting the uh, posts back on the back of the end zone as opposed to in the middle. Your thoughts on that? Uh, do, do you because the CFL has kind of explored it before to try and uh, kind of help their uh, help them survive, for lack of a better term, in, in the last couple of years with COVID. Um, do you think that if if it just kind of takes away the Canadian identity of the league. If they make it a four down league with a, with a shorter field or, or do you not mind that at all? I, I think it does. And the, the problem I have with it is that I think part of the reason the CFL to me is so exciting is, um, you know, it's more hectic. There, there's more risk being taken. You're not running for two yards, every single first down. Uh, you're seeing you're seeing such a wide variety of plays because they have to get creative. You can't just run a halfback dive or you can't just run inside zone uh, without setting it up. Like you can't just expect a bruiser to go up the middle for ten yards because you only have two tries at it, right? Like it's mm. there is more creativity. You know, 
you know the, the bigger field but the wider field too there's a little bit more uh like creative you know playmakers have a chance to shine i really think they do uh, look at deontay spencer when he is with the red blacks is absolutely electric and then he goes to the to the nfl and he had a chance to show it off on in the return game with the broncos and that and it's guys like those that have the the shiftiness and, and the explosiveness and the the creativity to really take chances in the cfl there's a there's a huge opportunity for it and so i think you know making it uh, a carbon copy of the nfl might water down the product a little bit and i think the cfl would lose its identity and would lose what makes it special and quite frankly i don't think it would do as well because at that point it's just you know a worse nfl yeah i, I and i and i agree with you on that uh and 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 there's some good players in there too. And as, if you're like a college football guy, there's some college football players that are continuing their careers and into the CFL. I mean, just to use the Ottawa Redblacks example, Jeremiah Masoli, a former Oregon Duck, uh, play, continuing his career uh, in in the CFL. And obviously, he had that <laughs> brutal tackle from Garrett Marino earlier that year, and I could not believe he stayed in the league a couple more games after that. But um, nonetheless, I mean, there's, there's a lot to be excited for in the CFL and I, and I, it does bring some interesting plays. You could, you could make the argument, you know, we see RPO offenses a lot now in the NFL and, and obviously college football, but a lot of the RPO stuff comes from the CFL. You know, there were some RPO options in the CFL. So uh, it's an innovative league. I, I want to see it continue to succeed. I think, there is an argument, you know, there's, there's been talk about whether, you know, the bigger television, uh, presenters, uh, I'll keep them nameless, uh, in terms of their presentation of the CFL, are they pushing it enough or are they just kind of taking in the NFL? Cause they know it's the more popular league and pushing it more. Um, I think it's just kind of comes down to like, I think the CFL has got to market themselves a little bit better. And sometimes it's that one game that everybody kind of t- tunes and goes, Oh, this, this could be something. Um, and so it's an alternative. It's been around for longer than the NFL and it's got a whole bunch of history behind it. So some good players have gone through. I hope more people kind of take notice of the CFL uh, in the years to come, but, uh, it's, it's looking, we, we, let's just call it how it is. It's been looking rough the last couple of years. And I know Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner has been trying to expand out and do a lot more international talent exchanges as well. Um, but, uh, at this point now it's, you got to get the product out there and get more eyeballs on it. And I think betting has certainly helped uh, with that as well, getting uh, betting uh, betters involved with it as well. But uh, hopefully to continue to kind of grow the game because it is a fun league. It, it is a really fun league to, to, to watch. Uh, any other uh, thoughts on the CFL before we move on? Uh, one thing you said kind of stood out with me. CFL draft. Sorry, can you say that one more time? Have you ever watched the CFL draft? I've not watched CFL draft now. I don't think anybody has. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and like you look at the NFL and, and even when it's not games, it really is like such an event like the draft. Free agency is a huge deal. And I think with the CFL, they're, they're really just missing out. And, you know, obviously it's really going to be diehard fans that tune at the CFL draft, but it, it just really shows that I think there's such a lack of presenting themselves and really... I couldn't even tell you when the CFL draft is like, I I don't know very much about it, even though I like watching it. And uh, I think they really kind of need to step their game when it comes to marketing and just to getting more people to pay attention to them. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of the big things that the NFL has done well for the last couple of years as well. And there's a lot to criticize with the NFL (laughs) and other aspects, but if there's one thing they are very good at is being a very good marketing machine 
and making the NFL draft seem like a big event when really all you're seeing is just these guys just be presented. You're seeing their names and then they <laughs> that, that's really it. They're able to break it down, analyze it, how they'll fit in the offense or the defense or or in the or in the locker room or whatever. Right. I think we need a little bit more of that. And I think that also kind of comes with kind of building up the university football scene. Right. Because, uh, you know, we've got uh, the Canadian university football scene as well. That's that's can be fun to watch over here in, in Quinty in the Quinty area. Um, you got the the different football leagues. So like Ottawa has the Sooners, obviously over here. We have the Quinty Skyhawks. So it's just kind of propping those teams up as well and and kind of getting more eyeballs on them. And because uh, there could be some fun football to be had. So uh, just kind of building that up, building up the game. Um but yeah, it's it's great cup this past Sunday. Go out and watch it if you haven't and, and check out the CFL, you know, like, is it is it a perfect league? No, it's, it's absolutely not a perfect league, but it's a fun football league and you get to see some good players in there. And if you're, you know, coming from the college side or even from the NFL side, I mean, we saw Chad Kelly swag Kelly in in action uh, during the great cup. How about that? Um, but nonetheless, um, let's move on. Let's go into the NFL now. And let's talk about OBJ a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk more about the Thursday game between the Thanksgiving game between the Giants and the Cowboys in a moment. But uh, what this game could potentially stand for is uh, what people have got uh, their eyes on. OBJ, it sounds like it sounds like it's between the Giants and the Cowboys to where OBJ will sign. Um where do you see Odell Beckham Jr. going? Obviously, you've gotten a chance to see him with the Rams at the later half of last season into the Super Bowl run. Obviously, unfortunately, he, he tore his ACL during the Super Bowl, but was playing really well up until that point. Uh, and who, who, which team do you think he's going to? And what do you think they're getting uh, with his wide receiver? I, I hope. I think I hope he goes to the Giants. I think it'd be fun to see him back there. Um you know, started his career there was so electric, such a such a huge um, draw. I think to to one of the largest markets in the NFL with the Giants there. And at this point in his career, he's not the player that he was. Um, we saw last year he's 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 I think smartened up a little bit. He's developed more into a team player. I know there's a lot of like criticism with being like a you know a prima donna or whatever, mm. but last year in the Super Bowl run, he, 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 you know, like <laughs> I'm I'm a hockey fan, like he is like a lunch pail guy, really like brought it to the to the dressing room and that, and and I think he was a huge part of the Rams winning last year. Mm. Uh, that that passing attack there isn't nearly as dynamic without him, mm. and just having that threat there, I think the players that are coming into the NFL now. OBJ was a huge deal. And I think a lot of these young guys, even if it's just by name, there's going to be a little bit more respect given to him. And so if he's got a guy who's, who's kind of like latched onto him, you know, it, it opens up the field for other guys. And I think even if he's not the same weapon that he used to be in his career, I think he's still a valuable part to an offense. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I'm glad you brought that up as well. Cause I was also going to mention, there seems to be a lot of players that are really, really want to see OBJ succeed. And I think you make a great point where he comes from a lot of the players. Now they saw OBJ at his peak and now uh, they're in the league now and they want to see him continue to succeed. Um, and I agree with you in terms of like, as we saw it with the Rams, he was not the number one guy. Cooper cup was the number one guy. I think that's fair to say. Um, and OBJ kind of took that role and he thrived in it. 
Um, you know, obviously I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I've, I've made no secret about it on this podcast. In fact, I have openly cheered, uh, the fact that I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, would I like to see OBJ in Dallas? Yes, I would. I, I would like to see him in Dallas, but I, my gut is telling me that he's probably going back to the giants and which it's going to be a little bit funny because Dallas has been openly courting him. I mean, you go to every sort of media interview. Jerry Jones is talking about how they've had discussions with him. Dak Prescott has come out and said that he's had a chat with OBJ. Um, And so it, it, it seems like on the surface is very, he's going to go to the Cowboys. And he sent out that tweet after the Vikings game, which I'm so, I cannot wait to talk about that Vikings game later on. But um, talking about uh, how it was a very interesting performance, um, but I don't know. I just like I feel like the Giants need OBJ more than the Cowboys do, especially now with the Giants losing Wandale Robinson. Uh, that's a that's another receiver gone for them, and so I see OBJ a reunion with the Giants way more feasible. Um, and I've been a little bit more critical of the receivers for the Cowboys than others have. I've not seen CD Lamb as a wide receiver one personally. I found him to have some pretty bad drops in, in some cases, and he can take over a game sometimes, but I feel like he's a really solid number two receiver. Um, I was kind of hoping it would be, you know, a CD Lamb wide receiver one, Noah Brown wide receiver two, but, uh, and I was really high up on Brown, but seeing a couple of games in now, I think he's kind of a good slot guy, a good wide receiver three. Could OBJ be a nice option for Dak? Absolutely. I'm sure Dak would love to have another weapon to throw to on the offense. Um, But something just tells me that an OBJ return to the Giants just seems just seems like the fit there. Um, What do you make of uh, Von Miller also saying that uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he joins the Bills? Do you think the Bills could be like a dark horse candidate to land OBJ? I think they are. And I... (sighs) I I definitely see the fit there. Diggs is easily one of the best ones in the NFL. Um, but beyond that, Gabe Davis, I've not been a huge fan of. I know he had the huge game in the playoffs last year. He can be absolutely electric, but I, I don't think he's really a number two guy. Um, the rest of the guys they have out there, they traded for Hines, him, McKenzie. They've got a weird kind of committee there behind Diggs. Uh, Dawson Knox is a is a he's a good pass catcher, but it's it really doesn't feel like they have a number two with how good the Bills are um, all around and you know the culture there is just insane. I think OBJ would love that. I I could definitely see him signing there. Yeah, and and I and I think it would also be a scenario where he doesn't have to be a wide receiver one there either. Obviously, Stefan Diggs would be the wide receiver one. Um, and he would probably be a wide receiver too, uh, ahead of Gabe Davis. Um, I'm a little higher up on Gabe Davis than you are, but I can understand your, your, your thought process there. Um, and so certainly a dark horse pick. Um, there's a part of me that would just the way that the, the moves that they've been making this year and the team that they are, I would laugh if it, if the Philadelphia Eagles were somehow able to acquire OBJ as well. Like they got all these guys on defense. Adama and Sue recently signed. He had his game there on Sunday, I believe. Um, and then obviously uh, getting the safety from a uh, Gardner Johnson from the saints earlier this year. And so wouldn't it just be hilarious. It's like, they already got Devonte Smith. They already got AJ Brown. Why not just throw OBJ in there and just really go all in on, on a potential push here for the Eagles. As a Cowboys fan, I would be, I would be the most miserable human being on the planet earth. 
But just looking at it from an NFL lens, I mean, they've been making moves and, and the, the Eagles, you know, and I hate praising them. I just want to make it clear, <laughs> but I, they got the draft capital. They've got some good players like they're in a really good spot right now. And I hate it. So hear me out. Okay. They, they, they lost Goddard, right? Yes. So they don't really have a tight end. Yeah. So instead of running a tight end out there, you run AJ Brown, Devontae <laughs> Smith, Odell Beckham Jr., Quez Watkins for whatever reason. <laughs> I, Zach Pascal's there. Yeah. You know, let's just get the five wide receivers on the field. I, I love Who it. Who needs a tight end? Yeah. We don't need a tight end. We don't need that extra blocker for uh, for, for uh, Miles Sanders. Screw him. Just going all, all aerial assault. Uh, just to call in Mike Leach as well and just go full on <laughs> like air, air attack. Um, but that's yeah. what Jalen Hurts is built for, right? That's for, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Play him to his strengths. I say I, you know what? I a hundred percent agree with you <laughs> as a Dallas Cowboys fan. I think they should go a hundred percent in on that. Um, but yeah, that's the OBJ front. We're going to find out what happens Thursday night. We'll talk about it here in a moment. Um, but, uh, OBJ continues to be in the headlines in terms of, uh, where will he go? And maybe there's another team that we're not even thinking of that all of a sudden he's going to sign. That's happened before where it's like it seems like it's going to be these certain players. And all of a sudden a player sneaks out like I think of Von Miller and him uh, going out. And and it seemed like he was going to go either go back to the Rams. Maybe he would go to the Cowboys and help out on the linebacker front. But uh, all of a sudden the Bills kind of came out of nowhere, offered this big deal, this big money deal. And he ends up going to the Buffalo Bills and that. So who knows? Maybe that's similar to OBJ. Maybe the Bills will be the sneaky one uh, to, to get an OBJ. Uh, go two for two on that. But uh, nonetheless, we'll move on to our last little news item. And I think this will be a fun little discussion because, uh, you know, I'm not too much of a gamer nowadays. Uh, I, I don't really have much time between two podcasts and calling hockey and my actual job and I've really kind of overworked myself now that I've said it out loud, but um, having a whole bunch of stuff, I've just not been able to kind of sit down and really play a good video game in the last couple of months. But uh, this has been a game that uh, has been talked about uh, for quite a few years, uh, getting close to a decade. And that is the return of EA sports into the college football video game industry. And so we finally got some new details about the game and, Unfortunately, so there were some thoughts that maybe they would come in 2023. That is not the case. It is now sounds like it's going to come out in the summer of 2024. Uh, there was an interview that Daryl Holt, the EA Sports Vice President General Manager, uh, did with ESPN. And here's what we know about the game so far. This is being built from scratch, from the ground up. So it sounds like it's not going to be a Madden retread where they just put up the, you know, the sec colors and the ACC and whatever, and just put on the frostbite engine. You're good to go. No, it sounds like uh, they're going to build this game from the ground up. Uh, The dynasty mode and the road to glory will return. And so far they've been able to secure the rights for at least 120 FBS schools, 10 FBS conferences and the college football playoff. That's not all the schools. uh, And they wouldn't say which schools are kind of holding out right now. Um, But that's still a pretty fair amount. And getting all the conferences also is pretty key. Um, And this is a direct quote from the article on ESPN. Um, And this has kind of been a big talking point. This has been the talking point for the, this sort of franchise for decades. 
Um, but Holt said there are still issues they're working through with securing college football players for use in the game, but our intent is to work towards that and find a meaningful way to include them in the game. Obviously talking about the uh, image uh, NIL stuff going on right now. That's totally changed the way college football has been in the last couple of years. And obviously we're kind of seeing that now uh, being in effect. Um, so that's what we know about uh, the college football game, uh, whether it be the return of NCAA football or whatever new name they're going to go with at EA Sports. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Are you Were you a college football video game guy or was that something you never really played, but you've always kind of kept an eye on? What, what are your thoughts on that franchise? So I never actually owned any of the NCAA games, but NCAA 14, you know, last installment in the series, uh, I had a friend that played it, and so we played it for a few years after that. And uh, I think it's it's one of those games where it just offered something different. And the, I think uh, EA like tried a couple different things. I don't know if you remember like the head coach series. Yes, but like there was there was a couple like different options back then if you wanted to play football, and uh, you know they they gotten away with it. Uh, they gotten away from it, and they've sort of brought different arcadey stuff back but i think they're looking for another like a realistic option and i think one of the big reasons is because of the success of college football revamped and i'm not sure if college football revamped i'm allowed to talk about it i'm not sure if it's like a like a pirated thing i I forget what it is but i know it's huge Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a big deal a whole bunch of madden youtubers started playing it when it came out and uh it was a big deal and i think i think ea really kind of took notice of it and maybe they almost kind of saw, well, people still really care. We can't just like take Madden and then reskin it for college football. I think they kind of realized that uh, with how much success like the Road to Glory and that was, they they really need to put some care into this because people love the franchise. College football is huge in the states, and I think huge. there there is a massive market for people to play college football games that might not really care about Madden. And which which sounds crazy to say it's the same sport as it's you know U.S. football, but there really is such a giant market for college football that I think this could be a huge money grab. Uh, and maybe that's like a negative thing to say, but it, it's a huge uh, opportunity for EA to take advantage of. And I I'm glad to hear that they're trying to do it right. Yeah, I I always take what EA says with a grain of salt. Uh, because they've been, you know, you're bad when you're voted the worst company in the not vote worst video game company, just the worst company in 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 at least the U.S. So maybe who knows what it's like in other countries. But um, so I always kind of take it with a grain of salt. I'm I so I didn't play the the college football games when they came out. Uh, I was kind of like you. I kind of found it a little bit later on. I actually still play the old NCAA. Uh, football 2006 that to me is the best uh, version uh, just from kind of playing the others and I like NCAA 14 from what I've been able to play but for whatever reason it may just be the nostalgia of playing Madden games that were similar at that time but I just love the feel of it and love the way that it played and being able to play as Reggie Bush <laughs> obviously was kind of a big deal um, and so I obviously enjoyed the dynasty mode the dynasty mode to me was just so much fun to play as you mentioned it just provides something different and you know, I, I liked uh, in, in, in the 06 version it was called Race for the Heisman. And that was a fun version, too. Um, and so I, it is very good to see EA at least kind of exploring it again. It's good to have a major video game company 
be involved in the college football stuff because there's been a lot of independent games over the years that have tried to. But uh, I think it really takes kind of a triple A company, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, um, to to really kind of bring bring college football to its maximum potential, obviously, with licensing and and actually being able to play as the Alabama Crimson Tide, you know what I mean, or the LSU Tigers or, or the Clemson Tigers, you know, so um, I'm looking I'm interested to see how the game does. I'm always hesitant with EA because they they could screw you over sometimes. <laughs> and it's just like it sounds good built from the ground up. You know, these modes are coming back and they're working really hard. They're trying to secure these these licensing deals. But I'm, I, I kind of keep, uh, and really EA is like, I used to play the Madden's like I, my first man was Madden 05 and I played the Madden's all the way up to 2014, I want to say. And then I tried one more time in Madden, uh, 2018. And, uh, then I was like, I was out. I, I couldn't play any more of the Madden games. I just didn't like where the franchise was going. And so, I'm both hopeful, but also skeptical of, of this college football uh, series from EA. Um, hopefully they, they put their all into it. And, and granted, you know, the 2014 version was a solid game because it was different from Madden and you could tell there was a dedicated team. Hopefully that's something similar here for this new college football series. Uh, I would love to see what a college football video game looks like uh, in, you know, 2024. Um, I'm interested to see what kind of players kind of develop out of that. Well, will I get to play as Arch Manning for the Texas Longhorns in NCAA football uh, 2024? That'd be fun. Um, I think uh, I think Caleb Williams uh, will probably be uh, in the NFL by that time. But who knows? Maybe he he'll be in this in this edition as well. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's just it's EA. And so I got to keep a keep a keep a arm's length uh, with that company. That's another thing is there was such a huge um, so many players in the NCAA games where they might not have gone on to NFL careers, but for some reason, they just kind of stuck with people. And I think having that opportunity to connect with college players really provides something for the um, for football in general. Uh, There's so many people that just remember specific players because of video games and with college football, where these guys might not go on to have different careers, you know, it's, it'd be cool for somebody to, to like, you know, like five years down the road, be like, like I was in a video game and like, they might not have had an NFL career. They might not have like, they might've played like three games in college football, but like, that's so cool. And, and, and such an, such a great opportunity that video games are able to provide. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And so we're going to keep an eye on that college football series and we'll see where it goes from there. Um, just kind of wonder how they're going to continue on with it. We'll, we'll see at the summer of 2024. Hopefully they're going to use that time to really polish up the game because, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a couple of years now. I think they announced it last year uh, in terms of the new game coming out. So, um, so yeah, uh, college football on the horizon. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do there. And so that's just kind of the big news items. We're now actually going to look back at week 11 of the NFL season, and we're going to go game by game. We'll break it down in the excruciating detail, or at least as much as we can. Um, let's start off with a Thursday night football game, the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I wrote Chicago Bears in my, uh, in my info sheet, but it was the Green Bay Packers that they faced off. Um, the Titans were able to get the victory 27-17. The Packers were coming off another Dallas Cowboys victory and the sky is blue and whatever. But 
Uh, the Titans, you know, they just did what they needed to do. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, he was efficient. He, he did what he needed to do. Derrick Henry was Derrick Henry. Uh, he got a touchdown uh, in this game as well. Um, and so uh, as long as they don't put uh, as uh, Malik Willis into uh, the game, I think the Titans will be fine be, uh, based on the uh, – snaps that we saw from uh, Willis the last couple of weeks. I think uh, they kind of realized, oh, well, we should probably continue with Tannehill uh, and, until uh, Willis hopefully develops a little bit more. But uh, any uh, any thoughts on the Titans so far, how they're performing? They kind of had a rough start to the season. Now they seem to be back on track. I'm probably going to win their division. Yeah, the uh, the Titans are one of my favorite teams, specifically because I am a big Ryan Tannehill guy. Um, I think he is consistently one of the more slept on uh slept on quarterbacks in the league he he just is solid and like he's he's like a Kirk cousins guy where he's just he does enough and like he he's not usually i guess gonna cost you a game and when you got derrick henry and when you got a, an elite defense uh the titans are, are are able to get by they're i think they're top five in the nfl right now or they're maybe like i think they're fifth in the nfl they they've looked really good their defense is incredible and i think they have a chance to to kind of to kind of make some noise this year, um, obviously they are the Titans. Their their division kind of kind of lends themselves to 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 have pretty good or pretty good seasons. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the Titans are good. Um, like you said, they had a rough start to the season, um, but I think they could close the season really strong and and actually do something in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and and you mentioned the division. I mean, with with at the start, I was like, yeah, it could be with the Colts, but you know, it's probably the Titans to win. And now we're seeing what's happening with the Colts now. Um, and obviously the Texans have not made that stride to the next step of improving. The Jaguars have made a little bit more of a step than the Texans, but it's not really by that much. Uh, you know, uh, so I think this is a pretty easy division for them to win. Um, but they've, I, I've said it on the show before. Sometimes you just to be a good team. You have to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. You know what I mean? And and that's all you really need. And and the Titans have been doing that. They've been able to turn it around. And again, they had that rough start at the start. Um, and you know, uh, a guy that's kind of, uh, we were wondering how he was going to do this season. Was he going to, uh, how, how he was going to fill in is obviously when the Titans got rid of uh, AJ Brown was trailing Burks. Uh, this game, he had 111 yards receiving, no touchdowns, but still uh, effective uh, uh, on on the receiving end of things. Um, so we've kind of seen him develop there. Uh, kind of looking at the Packers now, uh, it's kind of an interesting situation now. Um, it was just announced today that Rodgers has apparently been bound through a broken, I think it was a thumb or a finger, um, uh, something on his hand. So uh, uh, I'm sure that uh, Rodgers will take full responsibility for anything that... Uh, goes uh, against his offense um and so uh but what's kind of notable for me uh we saw in the cowboys game we saw in this thursday nighter but uh, christian watson having another multi-touchdown performance uh kind of you know we saw through the first couple of games he would just have these bad drops and that was the thing coming out of college for him is like he could be fast he could create space but uh he could have some really bad drops sometimes and uh, I think uh, having Aaron Rodgers yell at you multiple times kind of finally got into his head a little bit because now it seems like for the moment that he's kind of been able to figure it out. He's been able to make the big plays and and been starting to become an option for Rodgers at this point. Uh, where do you kind of see Christian Watson right now in this Packers offense, uh, the way things are going at this point of the season? 
So Christian Watson was super raw coming out of college. He had all of the physical stuff to be dominant. He had the stats to prove that he could be dominant. And um, it was just just that that matter of finding everything and putting it all together. Like you said there, I think that, you know, uh, the discussions with Aaron Rodgers probably might have played a part in, in him kind of stepping his game up a little bit. But uh, But I think he really is talented enough that he can he can be a really good NFL player. Mm. And he, he's shown it the past couple of weeks there. Uh, I think going forward, he's going to have as many opportunities as uh, as any player could get. Uh, they don't have great receiving depth. That much is obvious. Uh, Romeo Dubs is out. Uh, I'm not sure who else is, is really going <laughs> to challenge him for the top dog spot there. Yeah. And uh, and I, I, think, I think Christian Watson going forward could put up a couple more games like this where he pops off for, you know, 80 to 100 yards. Yeah, the only other one I could think of is Alan Lazard, and and so, but otherwise, you mentioned Ro- Romeo Dobbs is is, is out. Uh, he's he's out for the next little while, and um, you know, I was I was I thought maybe Robert Tanyan was being slept on a little bit because if, if somehow Evan Ingram got an All Star season, but Tanyan didn't that year, um, and I thought maybe that would continue, but that really hasn't continued for him, unfortunately. Um, but. Uh, and, and the thing with these Packers squads from what I've kind of seen is that for whatever reason, the second half, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they really start to like, uh, I, I won't say collapse, but they really aren't as strong as when they start. And I think they've lost some games because of that. I go back to the Giants game as well um, when they were over in the UK. Um, and so the Packers are kind of interesting because you can never really rule out Rodgers. I... You know, I heard some stuff about is he cooked? Obviously, you know, with the Lions game, he he, he really faced a lot of scrutiny for that. Um, where do you where do you stand with Rodgers at this point? Like, do you do you see him cooked? Like, I was hesitant to say it, but I could totally see it. But now he's kind of turning around a little bit. I, I I think we could both agree he's not the same peak MVP form that we've seen from him in the last couple of years. But I still think he's gives he's their best option certainly their best option at quarterback to win i don't think jordan love is that guy behind behind him so i think it's a really tough spot for for rogers where um he might have a bit of an ego and <laughs> i think it's 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 really difficult for him to kind of come to terms with the fact that he's not the player that he used to be uh coming into the season i think it wasn't he was like number two on the nfl's hundred list yeah and he's he's definitely not lived up to it no and i think part of that is because he's He's taken a step back, and I think mentally he's not accepted it. And so he's still trying to force plays. He's still trying to make Aaron Rodgers-type plays. And that's not quite what he should be doing. Obviously, who am I to criticize one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play? But I I think if he just just keeps things a little bit more simple, they've got a pretty good team. They might be able to kind of... I, I guess turn things around, but but finish out the season strong if they play a more simple approach. Yeah, and I think they, and they've started to use Aaron Jones a little bit more in the backfield as well. They've got AJ Dillon in there who could be a sneaky number two uh, running back for them. And so yeah, really the big competition for them at this point is the Vikings. And and I I even with the way that they lost this past Sunday, and boy, again I cannot wait to talk about that. Um, I, I still think the Vikings are kind of the division favorite right now. Um, so let's move on. Let's go to the Sunday slate. 
We'll start off with the Atlanta Falcons versus the Chicago Bears. The Falcons taking the 27-24 victory. Um, hey, Kyle Pitts was getting some looks. He was finally being used, and then he got hurt, and now he's gone for the rest of the season. So fantasy football owners slash myself uh, will cry some tears that uh, Pitts didn't get that big breakout season that uh, I think they were hoping for. And uh, with this Falcons team, it's like, in, in other divisions, I wouldn't even give them a, a, a thought in terms of competing, but this division has just been so different this year where it's like they're very much actively in the mix. Um, I I remember, you know, we our conversation earlier about Marcus Mariota and, uh, you know, I, I'm not on the Mariota train. I'm just not <laughs> like I, I think he's very much bridge quarterback at best. Um, and I think that continues to show throughout the season. Um but uh, you're kind. Of, where do you kind of stand with the Falcons at this point of the season, and especially kind of looking at the NFC South? I think coming into the season, there wasn't much hope for them. Yeah. Uh, the NFC South, uh, it kind of looked under wraps with with the Bucks, but but the way things have have shaken out, I think the Falcons, if they wanted to, they could try to make a push. Um, I don't think that's the smart move. Like you said, Marcus Mariota is probably not the long-term answer there, and there are a couple of good quarterbacks this draft. There are options for them for the future, and with Pitts going down, and I guess looking towards the future, it's probably the right move. Uh, Kyle Pitts, I think, while he had a, a rough season this year, uh, showed last year just how dominant he is. He looks like a true alpha wide receiver playing tight end, and that is like nine times out of 10 is going to be just a gigantic mismatch. And I think the Falcons just kind of have to, to stay patient. I know the fans probably don't expect them to, 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 to go deep this year and, and just kind of, kind of accept that uh, and, and just kind of look towards the future and, and make smart moves and set yourself up for long-term success. I know that the Falcons have uh rattler on their team and I'm sure some people are proponents of seeing him out there. But uh, the way that Caleb Williams has been going the USC, and uh, do you think the Falcons could potentially land, look at a quarterback in the future, or do you think it's too far down? You got to kind of look at this year and and next because I see, like again, Spencer Rattler's there. Uh, he's he's a guy that could be, or sorry, not Spencer Rattler. Uh, Desmond Ritter is there. My apologies. Um, he's a guy that could uh, potentially. Uh, be a starter for that team if, if Mariota's like because Mariota's been all right he's not been lights out but he's not been horrible gravely horrible either um could do you think the Falcons could kind of stick with Ritter or do you think uh maybe down the line they kind of look quarterback or is that just too far down the future just kind of see what you got now so I think I think Ritter is sort of similar to Mariota where they're not they're likely not the 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 answer long term uh, that being said, he is young. You've got an opportunity to see what you have this year. And maybe, depending on what he shows, you pass on the quarterback. But I think the biggest issue is last year's, or th- this past season's quarterback class wasn't very good. Yeah. And I think um, with Cincinnati doing so well, they kind of boosted the stock of some of the the bearcats players and i think ritter is one of those guys where if if the the bearcats didn't go on such a crazy run last year if the quarterback class wasn't so great or wasn't so bad um i think he's probably not really looked at as a long-term option and so i i don't think drafting a quarterback should be off the table i think they really have to look at at the future of this team 
they really need a quarterback going forward to lead them yeah. uh, back to to success. And I don't think the answer right now is on the roster. Yeah, I uh, I, I looked a little too far ahead and uh, drafted Spencer Rattler for them. And even then, I don't think he's the guy for them. Uh, the way he's played at Oklahoma, and yeah, I know he had that big win uh, recently, but uh, you know, nonetheless. Um, and kind of looking to the Bears now. Uh, Justin Fields, he's he's kind of coming into his own. I know he's got the separated shoulder. He's probably not playing this Sunday. Um, but, uh, hey, they, they decided, you know what? We're going to use uh, Justin Fields to his strengths. We're going to have him run the ball as well. And lo and behold, the offense kind of looks somewhat exciting. He still clearly needs some pieces around him. Um, obviously, they, they get Chase Claypool a couple of weeks ago. Um but uh, still clearly some pieces that need to be done in Chicago on the offensive side of the ball uh, for Justin Fields. So uh, on offense, I think they, they really just need to look at, at the O-line there. Um, Receiver-wise, they've got Mooney. They've got, they've got like you said, they traded for Clay, Clay, Chase Claypool. Uh, tight end Cole Komet has looked great, uh, especially recently as Fields has, has taken a step up. Yeah. Uh, Montgomery, I'm not sure if he's there next year, but uh, even if he's not, Khalil Herbert's looked really good. Um, and I think just the offensive line is just kind of holding them back there. Fields has looked great despite the offensive line. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. Um, and so going forward, if they can improve that, if they can build upon it, I'm not sure he really needs much more than what he has there, skill position wise, uh, to succeed. If they can improve the offensive line, I think they're good. They're going to be a pretty dangerous team moving forward. There you go. And so, uh, yeah, Falcons is able to get the 27-24 victory there. Uh, let's move on to the Eagles and the Colts. I was so hoping that the Colts would get their second win here, especially against this Eagles team, the Jeff Saturday-led team. But the Eagles were able to make their little comeback there. And uh, the way that uh, Nick Sirianni was celebrating with uh, uh, members in the audience, you would have thought he won the Super Bowl, the way that uh, they pulled off this comeback. But uh, uh, the Eagles gained the victory here. Uh, let's just kind of analyze this Eagles squad now. And uh, I think we have to consider Jalen Hurts as an MVP candidate at this point. What do you think? Uh, I think I really slept on the, the Eagles coming into this year. I'm not sure how I rated them, but I don't think I saw them at nine and one, uh, 10 games into the season. Yeah. And anytime a team starts off nine and one, they're, you know, like best team in the NFL. I, I really do think that the signal caller, the, the, the shot, uh, Jalen hurts really has to, to have some consideration for an MVP season. Uh, he's got 2,400 yards in 10 games. He's got 15 touchdowns, three interceptions, and that's for the year. He's got 440 yards rushing, eight touchdowns rushing. Um, he's been electric, and I think he is a big part of the team's success. Um, and at 9-1 and one, and looking like they're going to continue their success, um, I think you really do have to look at Jalen Hurts as an MVP. As an MVP. Yeah, I uh, and, and again, I say this reluctantly. I, 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 I feel like as a Cowboys fan, I have to defend myself. Uh, and, and just be like, Hey, look, I understand that, uh, I'm supposed to hate the Eagles, but I have to acknowledge when they're, when they're, when they're good and they're good. This is a good football team. Um, and, uh, I, I am looking forward to when the Cowboys face the Eagles again, uh, the final week of the season. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think you have to kind of look at the way that Hertz has been playing and you have to have him at least in consideration the, the way he goes. And uh, I'll even go in as far as saying I think he's a stronger MVP candidate than Josh Allen at this point because uh, I, I know all, Allen might as well have just given him the MVP 
uh, the way that he was kind of talked about this season. Um, but, you know, I, I look back to that Vikings game, obviously, uh, a couple weeks ago, and that was an awesome game. But uh, Allen didn't really step up there. And there's been a couple of times where it's like clearly not the MVP for me. Um, and so I think Hertz has a stronger MVP case than Allen does at this point. Um, do I think he'll win the MVP? This is going to come across as like safe, but I think Patrick Mahomes has got this uh, MVP locked up again this year. But uh, that's for another time. Uh, so the Eagles kind of continue their winning ways there. Um, again, they've got a stacked team there. It's it's They're clearly making a push, and they are good on their draft capital as well. This is a very safe team. Uh, and this is, this is, this is a team that's in very good position right now. I'm uh, looking at the Colts. They come off the big win over the Raiders last week. Jeff Saturday call said that the Oakland Raiders or the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, looked terrible. And he proved his point last week, this week, he was so close to beating the Eagles, but Eagles, of course, making that comeback. Um, I subscribe to the theory that, uh, when it comes to a new coach, that sometimes like the first couple of weeks, especially the first week, the players are motivated. They want to play for you and you don't have a lot of your play calls on and, and the way that you ha- run your team on, on film. And so it's a little bit, I won't say easier, but you have a better time of being able to win your first game as the new head coach. Um, and, and so I kind of saw that with Saturday. Obviously he had no other <laughs> previous coaching stuff on tape to really work off of. Uh, not to say that the Eagles kind of saw what he had on tape for the Raiders game. Cause obviously it was still close, but, um, do you, do you think that, uh, we're already kind of seeing like a little bit of a dipping point? I know it's only two weeks into the Saturday, uh, run. Um, but do you think we're already kind of seeing the dipping point where the uh, teams are going to start to figure out these, this squad, or do you want to give it a couple more weeks? I think the problem with the Colts is that it is very obvious who their best player is. And no matter what they do, they can't really hide the fact that they want to give Jonathan Taylor the ball. And I think it's not very hard for teams to pick up on that. And there's only so many ways you can disguise it. And the passing game right now is, is pretty rough for them. Uh, between between Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger, it's, um, there, there are better quarterbacks in the NFL than those guys. <laughs> and so I think, I think they really have to lean on Jonathan Taylor. And for as good as he is, I don't think he's the type of guy to run the ball 40 times a game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's uh, they clearly try to make him the bell cow running back and he still is, but uh, you can't make him the sole focus. Really. There's very few running backs that could do that uh, for a long term. And the only one that's kind of shown that recently has been Derrick Henry and that's it. And so um, I think if you had like a second running back there for the Colts, I think, you could really maximize uh, Taylor. Now, granted, I say that, and, you know, Jonathan Taylor, he still has a, a good performance. And Jeff Saturday, the man who once told uh, Peyton Manning we have to run the ball more, uh, is running the ball more for the Colts uh, here in, in this game. And so uh, I'm sure Jonathan Taylor is appreciative of that. Um, but this Colts squad, it just seems like they seem on some un- uneven, uh, uneven waters right now for the Colts. And so... Uh, That's just kind of what's going on there. Uh, Let's talk about those J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh, they were so close. I I want to cheer for this team. I want to see them out of the gutter, and I wanted to see them beat the Patriots. In fact, I picked them to beat the Patriots last week, and unfortunately, not able to do it. 
Uh, of course, in the most Jets way to lose, they give up the first punt return touchdown of the season to the Patriots. And the Patriots are able to win the game 10 to 3. Uh, this was not a shootout. Uh, this was not a game where if you wanted to see great offense, uh, it was uh, the defenses really came to play. Um, Zach Wilson looked absolutely horrible in this game. <laughs> Clearly had been figured out by the Patriots. Um, and so, uh, I, as we all know, uh, this is uh, the great opportunity for Zach Wilson now at the press conference to take some accountability for uh uh, how he played, and uh, he didn't take that accountability there. Uh, he said, nope, uh, doesn't take uh, that accountability into how the offense played at all. Defense kind of turned on him, and now here we are. It looks like Mike White is going to get the start for the Jets, not Joe Flacco. Mike White's season is back. Put on the parade. Get excited. Mike White is starting for the Jets. Um, but kind of looking at this game, uh, your thoughts on this game, if any? I mean, this was like, if you love defense, you, you would have loved this game. So I, I really do think it's funny how the week that Zach Wilson plays so badly, he gets, he gets benched. Uh, Sam Darlin's going to be starting next week. Yep. So <laughs> you can kill the man, but you can't kill the idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, here are the players taken after Zach Wilson in the, was it? 20, 2021 NFL draft. Yep. Jesus. Uh, Trey Lance, Oof. Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Vanessa Sewell, J.C. Horn, <laughs> Pat Sertain, Devontae Smith, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons. It's a good list of players. <laughs> good list of players. Zach there. Wilson, number two. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Justin Fields also was selected after uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, I'm sure they could use just uh, Justin Fields right now. Um, I think that uh, that uh, camp he had, that uh, pro day, where he threw that 75-yard bomb uh, down the field. I think that uh, really pushed up his stock uh, to an uncomfortable level <laughs> to the point where he's number two. Um, I've, I've seen this name be thrown around, and, I, and it gave me a good laugh, uh, that uh, people are already calling him Mormon Manziel. And uh, <laughs> I, I died when I saw that. I couldn't really disagree the way he's been playing right now. I'm usually a... a, a believer in the let the guy develop give him a couple of years but with the with the with the pretext that you see some improvements from this quarterback you know what i mean and i have not seen much if at any improvement from wilson he just kind of seemed you know you kind of looked at the rookie season obviously he did not have a good team around him um this season he's got a much better team they've clearly built some stuff around him and he still hasn't taken that next step um now he's he's benched. He he has that press conference where it makes him look really bad. The defense turns on him, and now he's saying that uh, I should have taken accountability or whatever. But uh, I don't I don't think Zach Wilson is done as a Jet yet. I think he's going to get another opportunity before the season is done to get back out on the field. I think this is just more of a punishment. But right now it is not looking good for uh, Zach Wilson and uh, his uh, time as a long term starter uh, for a football franchise, just in general, uh, really. So the Jets have a pretty good team. Yes. Defensively, they're pretty good. They've got some good receivers. They've got, you know, Brees Hall is out right now, but they've got they've got good running backs there. They've got a pretty good O-line. And they're six and four. I'm pretty sure uh Wilson's five and two, I think. Yep. Um, and he's he's had results, but I think the results in spite of him. And I don't think he's really won them a game yet. No. There's a lot of Jets fans who are upset with the performances of Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, specifically because of the issues in the passing game, 
caused by Zach Wilson. Yes. And I think there is so much talent on that team that one player who can't take accountability for not having a good game is is a reason to bench him for Mike White. For Mike White of all people, you get benched. That's pretty that's pretty tough. No offense to Mike White, but you didn't go second overall in the NFL draft. Yeah, how, and so how to lose dare your, you disrespect Mike White like that? Unbelievable. To lose the starting spot as a second overall pick this soon with that much talent with a five and two record as as a starter, that's that's tough. And I think I think hopefully he learns his lesson. And like you said, maybe he gets some more starts down the down the road this season. But as far as long-term starters go, I think the Jets have shown they're not afraid to 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 take another shot on a quarterback, and I won't be surprised if it's sooner rather than later. And I think too with the Jets organization that they they want to win. I think earlier on when they made that trade for James Robinson, they kind of saw the squad that they had and they wanted to commit to it, and I respect them for it. Um, if you were to have told a Jets fan coming into the season that the Jets would be six and four, competitive in their division, Zach Wilson would be five and two that I think Jets fans would be ecstatic for it and they would be all for it. But you kind of dig in, as you mentioned, the numbers. I mean, Zach Wilson had 72 yards passing. You know, like, you can't look at stats as the be-all, end-all, but you need your quarterback to be making plays out there, uh, especially when you have young receivers like an Elijah Moore and and uh, and Garrett Wilson. And there's a reason why Elijah Moore demanded a trade. Let's just make it clear. You know, it's like, it's, it's like even though they're winning, like, he's not getting the targets and... Uh, he's a second round receiver. He's not a bad receiver. Just he's got doesn't have a great quarterback throwing to him. And so you mentioned the team's got a good defense and this is still a young team. This could still be something more with this team. Um, it's just been and this has been the story for the Jets for what feels like decades at this point. That one quarterback that could take them over the top. Mark Sanchez wasn't that guy. Sam Darnold wasn't that guy. The Really the best quarterback they've had. Uh, is you could argue either Chad Pennington or Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> like, and that's like two years of Pro Bowl Vinny Testaverde, right? So uh, th- those have been the best quarterback options for the Jets. And so uh, it's just so weird because it's like the Jets are six and four and they've got some good players. And yet, and yet it just still feels like, oh, this is the Jets. You know what I mean? It's just so weird with the squad. Um, but here's something that I don't think is talked about enough, and I think it's continuing to be not talked about because of what's happened to Zach Wilson. But I don't think Mac Jones uh, is. I think Mac Jones is regressing this year. Is it is it uh, aggressive of me to say that? He certainly not looked like that rookie form that we've seen from last year. Well, I he was a Pro Bowler last year. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, because I don't think he was. I don't think he had a Pro Bowl season last year, and especially not this year. Bailey Zappi came in and 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 you know uh, shines in his appearances, and there was a bit of pushback from Patriots fans when Mac Jones got back under center. Mm-hmm. There is a there is a population of Patriots fans that believes that Bailey Zappi should be starting right now, mm-hmm. and Patriots fans are used to good quarterbacks, and I think I think maybe they might know what they're talking about because mac jones um like you said 72 yards for zach wilson mac jones also didn't do a whole lot i know that the conditions were bad out there for the passing game mm-hmm. but the they didn't do much on offense it was it was a field goal and it was a special teams touchdown that won in the game yeah. um i i wouldn't be shocked they've got they've got good running backs and and i think um the ground game is is pretty good for the patriots right now but 
but offensively, when it comes to passing, I'm not sure Mac or Mac Jones has been all that great. And uh, like you said, maybe regressing, but maybe this is who he is. Maybe uh, Mac Jones is who we thought he was, as Dennis Green once put it in a press conference. They are who we thought they were. Um, yeah, I don't think it's getting talked about enough. And uh, at first, I just kind of pass it off as Patriots fans just complaining because it's the New England area, the Boston area. And they've been so used to winning that any semblance of losing, it makes them freak out. You know what I mean? It's just from being dominant for so long. Um, but I think there is an argument to be made that maybe Mac Jones just isn't as good as we think he is. And there's still time, and I, I still don't think the options he has. I, you mentioned the running backs. Obviously, Ramondre Stevenson's a guy that's a good good back there. But I still think his receiving options could be better. Um, they're not horrible, but they could be better. Um, and so I guess we'll kind of see with Jones. I, I certainly, if you were to put a gun to my head and ask which quarterback I want on my team uh, between Mac Jones and Zach Wilson right now, I'd be taking Mac Jones times 10. So um, it's not like he's been like Zach Wilson level, but I think it's becoming noticeable a little bit more than maybe he's not that same caliber of guy that we thought he was. So um, poor Jets, poor New York Jets. I, I want, they beat the Bills and you would have think, like if you're told them, these Jets fans that they would beat the Bills this season and they'd be six and four, you would think Jets fans would be excited. But the general sense I get from the Jets fans is there's still this like negativity just, just based around the quarterback position. So nonetheless, uh, we'll move on. We'll talk about the Washington Commanders and the Houston Texans. Taylor Heineke. I like Taylor Heineke. I, I, I way more than Carson Wentz. Uh, I'm, I'm quite the t- Taylor Heineke guy. Um, I like his story, just him being able to come up and become the starter and the way he's played. And uh, I, I think, uh, I think they should just continue on with him. I don't think there's any more debate. And I think you should continue with Heineke for the rest of the season. What do you think? Uh, Taylor Heineke is a dog, and I think <laughs> I think from the first game was the first game he steps into the playoffs against the Bucks. And and takes Tom Brady uh, shot for shot into into deep into the fourth quarter there. Um, Taylor Heineke is, is one of those guys that just leads a locker room, and maybe he's not the best quarterback in every aspect of the game, but the team loves him, the fans love him, and he's got good results and he's played well. And I think right now, if you're the Commanders, uh, there's you know, for the past couple of years, there's been some off the off the field issues that have kind of. Uh, soured their relationship with, I guess, the fans and the rest of the league there. But yep. with Taylor Heineke, kind of, you know, he, he's one of those guys that, that fans can get behind. He's fun. And Carson Wentz, uh, despite what he's been able to accomplish accomplish in his career, has kind of lost his luster, I guess, I guess yep. we'll say. Uh, Taylor Heineke, like you said, probably should be the starter moving forward. And um, I wouldn't be shocked if they kept with him next season. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they, they signed him to that deal last year. And I think that was one of those feel good stories where it's like, he's got a nice little big money for him, big money contract and uh, kind of paying off for his uh, playoff performance there. And so uh, I like to see him continue on. And uh, another thing I want to talk about with the commanders as well is something that I think uh, could be interesting for this squad moving forward. I think there are pieces here in Washington. It's just they've never been really able to put it together, and I think it goes back to coaching. Uh, I think Ron Rivera is not going to be the head coach of this team at the end of the season, um, especially once once the team is sold. I don't think Ron Rivera is going to stick as head coach. I think he was the right coach at the right time, at the wrong time for them, if that makes any sense, in terms of like 
They had so much bad publicity, as you mentioned, and still continued to receive bad publicity. And Ron Rivera was the guy that could write that ship and just keep things at, at a steady pace and keep that locker room maintained. And I think he was the perfect guy for that. But in terms of on the field execution, I think it's starting to become more clear. He's probably not that guy at this point. Um, and so what I do want to talk about, though, uh, this do this running back duo of Brian Robson Jr. and, and Antonio Gibson, uh, obviously Robson's coming back from being shot uh, which is still pretty incredible. Antonio Gibson has always been an under-the-radar good running back, uh, kind of like a Terry McLaurin in a way, uh, another under-the-radar sort of guy. Um, and so now they're trying to u- utilize this duo, Gibson having the better game this this week, but in past weeks, uh, Brian Robinson Jr. has had the better better game. Uh, it's just kind of something I've noticed in the NFL. You're starting to lo- see a lot more running back duos or running back by committees, some stronger running back uh, backfields. Uh, so just kind of seeing interesting and in seeing how that continues in Washington. So I, I like Washington enough that I follow them uh, pretty consistently. And I'm a big Antonio Gibson guy, uh, former receiver in college makes a transition to running back as he moves into the NFL. He's had fumble issues in the past, um, but not so much this year. He did in the preseason and Ron Rivera is uh, a stickler for ball security. And that's when Brian Robinson hype really took off. Um, as much as I love Brian Robinson's story, I didn't think he was all that special coming into the NFL. Mm -hmm. I didn't have him in my top 10 running backs coming into the draft. And I think he went higher than maybe a lot of people are expecting. Um, he was an older, uh, draftee and he played for Alabama. And even then he wasn't that great, despite, I think he was a four year senior, Mm -hmm. uh, when he put up those stats. And so he's he's he is very much a plotter. He's not going to fumble the ball, and he's going to get you three yards. Do you need two yards? He'll get you three. Do you need three yards? He'll get you three. Do you need four yards? He'll get you three. <laughs> and that's kind of been what's happened this season. He's averaging three and a half yards a carry, and he runs up the middle and he falls down, uh, which has helped because it's it's given Antonio Gibson an opportunity to get the creative touches, and they're using him out of the backfield. They're using him more dynamically as a receiver, as an actual uh, weapon. Because he's not the guy that runs up the middle 12 times a game for three and a half yards. And they've given him uh, a little bit of a change of pace uh, role there. Um, they, 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 they've they lost McKissick, so it's kind of his opportunity there, Gibson's opportunity. And uh, between the two of them, they've been pretty good. They each offer something different where it's enough that they keep them fresh. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Yep. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think... Washington's going to be a team to kind of keep an eye on. They've been they've been on a winning streak recently, and then they're clearly motivated under Heineke. And uh, I just like it, I just see the same things with Wentz as what I saw in later years Philly and the one year in Indianapolis where he just plays hero ball way too much, way too much. It's unbelievable. Somebody needs to get into his head and just be like, hey, you don't have to play hero so much. He's the worst at that. Um, and they and they just get tantalized by the intangibles that he brings. And he has these moments where he goes back to that season. And I, and I bring up a lot, but he was going to be an MVP candidate before he tore his ACL during that Eagles Super Bowl season. Uh, there you go. Putting up the Rams uh, sweatshirt there. Um, but nonetheless, uh, it's it's it's. Wentz is just frustrating, and Heineke brings that stability. He brings that extra element a little bit of being mobile. Uh, Wentz could do that too, but um, 
you know, I, I just, I think you just kind of continue with Heineke here. And before we move on, uh, not much to talk about with the Texans. Is there really any redeeming quality with this team? Cause it doesn't feel like they're improving. It feels like they're kind of back in the same spot and Davis Mills is getting benched as well. I mean, where do you kind of see the Texans at this point? Uh, the only redeeming quality in Houston is Damian dog pound Pierce, <laughs> uh, who was my number two running back coming into, into the season, uh, or number two rookie running back. And he's been electric. I think, uh, I think people really saw how underutilized he was in Florida and, uh, making the step into the NFL, he's been kind of, uh, a saving grace for them and something to cheer about because besides damien pierce there's not very much john mechie uh really hope he gets healthy soon battling cancer right now he's a bright spot in the future nico collins and john mechie can be a, a bit of a i think they're i think they could be a decent one-two punch um but right now that's not the case he's he's working on getting back to full health um and so damien pierce i think right now is the the only thing that uh the texans fans really have to look forward to yeah, it's it's uh, it's another rough season, and I was never really on the Lovey Smith train as others were. Like, I, I didn't understand him being named the head coach at, at this point of the uh, during the season, especially the way he coached the defense last year, which was not impressive. So, how do you reward that by making them the coach of the whole damn team? Um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, I think uh, the Texans are just vying for another top five pick at this point i will give some credit you mentioned the defense there derek stingley and jalen petrie have both been pretty good um so the young guys have been good and if you're a texans fan that's probably a good sign yeah uh maybe the old guys (laughs) are are really shining but at least you have something to look forward to in the future yeah and that's really kind of the one of the hopes you have is you just kind of hope that the young guys develop and I know Stingley was kind of an interesting pick at the time because they was picked over Sauce Gardner, and we're seeing how Sauce Gardner's been playing right now with the Jets. Um, but he's playing good, you know. It, again, as you mentioned, a saving grace. But uh, for every Derek Stingley, there's a Brand Cooks that wants to get the hell out of there, and uh, was very upset he couldn't get the hell out of there. Um, nonetheless, let's talk about your Rams here, Mister Vernon. I uh, have to bring the mood down for you here. I, I know. I think I jinxed you. I cursed you a little bit at the start of the season because they we talked after the not so great loss to the Bills. But I was like, you know what? I think you got a good team here, Matt. You'll be fine. At this point, you know they'll they'll probably still be in contention in the NFC. And uh, boy, has it not has it gone the opposite for the Rams this season. And uh, I uh, now losing Cooper Cup. Now they got to rely on some guy named Allen Robinson. I don't know who he is. Uh, I'm sure neither Sean, does Matt Stafford, <laughs> neither does Matt Stafford or, or Sean McVay or, or anybody on that Ram squad. But, uh, uh, the saints able to get the victory over the Rams 27, 20. Hey, you were able to make Andy Dalton look good. So how about that? Uh, so be proud of yourselves for that. Uh, Hey, you don't, I'm, I'm sorry. I, that was a little too harsh. That's a little too harsh. You know, Aaron Donald was Aaron Donald. He continues to be a, 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 a defining, player on that defense i mean probably one of the greatest players of all time i think that's fair to say um and uh yeah uh, this ram squad it's it's rough for you I, I i feel bad for you I, I you know what i actually take that back i don't feel as bad because you won a super bowl last year um but uh you know it's not great to see your team be on the, the on the downward swing of things it uh if they hadn't won the super bowl this would be just a complete disaster. And I think that's the one saving grace for the Rams is that, <laughs> that they might be three and seven, but they've got rings. They've got rings to show for it. They, they lost their first round picks. 
Detroit's going to have a great draft this year. <laughs> um, but the Rams probably shouldn't care. And if anybody really wants to talk too much about about their season this year, yeah. uh, like I said, they've got the rings there. Yeah. And, and thank God they do, because Stafford has not looked good this year. Yeah. Part of that is the offensive line's fault. Uh, there's been a lot of key injuries in that, and so it's been difficult for them to, to really get into a groove. But, you know, Cooper Cup has been Cooper Cup. He's been very good. Allen Robinson hasn't gotten a whole bunch of looks. Uh, Van Jefferson just got back from injury. And, uh, you know, between Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, who's now being waived by the team, yeah. uh, just everything's been really dysfunctional. Kyron Williams now is coming back from injury, the rookie uh, running back from Notre Dame. So he's going to have a lot of opportunities. Um, I'm not sure how good he is, though. And with how bad they are right now, there's no real, I guess, I don't think there's any real way they can salvage the season at this point. And not having a first-round pick uh, hurts them for the future. Yeah. Um, yes, they can look back at the Super Bowl ring, but they still have to look towards the future. The Rams' identity is trading away picks and everybody knew it was going to come back to bite them. I don't think anybody knew it was going to happen this soon. Yeah, I I, I was surprised uh, how much... I actually thought this team was going to be probably the same this year as they were playing last year. Um, and it's clearly not been that way. And you mentioned uh, the uh, F them picks mentality that the uh, Rams had in terms of acquiring players. Uh, you could tell it was going to backfire, but if they won a Super Bowl, it wouldn't hurt as much. And obviously, they've got that one ring now. Um yeah, it's it's been a tough season for the Rams, and I I don't want to I don't want to get you into a whole anxiety mode or something like that. But I don't think it's much longer for McVeigh as head coach either. Not for him being fired, but uh, I think there's a nice cushy TV job waiting for him at some point. And I think Aaron Donald. I know he was openly talking about retiring last season, and um, I wouldn't shock me if he decides to retire within the next year or two. I mean, he's already accomplished what he's needed to accomplish, and um, Stafford's getting up there in age. So I, I, I mean, he's still like 35 or whatever. So, so he's got a couple more years, but the way he's been playing, maybe he's on the downward swing. Um, I'm really putting a lot of negative thoughts into your head about this Ram squad. I'm just telling you though, I think that's how it's going right now. And, uh, and uh, please don't, uh, please don't get upset at me. I'm just kind of looking at the way things are going. And uh, <laughs> you know what? Now I, I now I kind of understand why you tried to butter me up earlier. Because <laughs> uh, I'm kind of looking at this Ram squad. I was like, oh, it's kind of rough right now. And especially now without having Cooper Cup, uh, it's going to be even tougher. But uh, kind of looking at the Saints, uh, I want to talk about Chris Olave. I always showcase Chris Olave on this show because he was a guy for me. Uh, I did not have a certain list like you did in terms of writing down guys coming out of the draft or where I think. But one guy I was definitely high up on was Chris Olave coming out of the draft. And he has certainly delivered to the point where I think he's in the contention for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, and he had another big game as well uh, for the Saints, having 102 yards receiving a touchdown. So uh, in terms of like, we, we talked a lot coming out of the draft. This was a stacked wide receiver class. There was a lot of good wide receiver talent in there that they could pick from. I think Olave has kind of stood out as the top receiver of that draft class. What do you think? Uh, for sure. And I don't think uh, it is out of the realm of possibilities for him to Actually, I think it's a pretty good shot that he is, that he ends up as the offensive rookie of the year because yeah. uh, there's no real quarterbacks in contention yeah. to to kind of um, I guess take the take the opportunity away. But uh, running backs, Brees Hall is injured. Mm-hmm. Damian Pierce just had a bad game. I think that's going to leave a bit of a sting in people's uh, 
people's opinions of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, is Chris Olave uh, and Kenneth Walker, yeah. maybe, and, and Damian Pierce, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, with Walker going down, uh, Brees Hall's down. Uh, it's probably a two-horse race between between Pierce and Olave, um, and I don't think anybody saw that coming into this year except uh, except me and you, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we 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 we're just both. This is why I started the football podcast to spread my genius, um, and and not uh, and just have immaculate, perfect takes every single week um, that have never aged like milk at all on this show, and neither and freezing cold takes will not expose me in the future, not at all. Um, but yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna mention. I thought Kenneth Walker would probably be in consideration, but you mentioned the injury there. Um, so yeah, I think it's Olave's to lose at this point. Um, maybe Damian Pierce if he has another couple of big games, but uh, I think it's Olave's to lose right now uh, when it comes to the offensive rookie of the year. Um, before we move on, I, I forgot to mention. Uh, please tell me uh, how Bryce Perkins will do uh, this upcoming uh, Rams game. Wow, where you stand with him? Because I know. Uh, the other guy there, uh, Wolford, is uh, injured. So uh, bad, I think, <laughs> is the word I would use to describe it. Um, I saw today that that the Rams are still evaluating are still evaluating Stafford for a concussion. Yeah, he's not playing, guys. Like I don't, I don't understand how this is hard yeah. to figure out. He's not going to be playing next game, uh, and Bryce Perkins uh, might as well not play. Uh, just run Wildcat. Oh. I, <laughs> just just every single play just i we're gonna lose it's not gonna be pretty let's just have some fun let's just go out there and play some some backyard football why do we need a quarterback when he's gonna be terrible uh, maybe i eat my words i guess but uh that would be that'd be nice i would appreciate the rams doing good this week because i've not seen it very much yeah a confident Matthew Vernon going into this week. Uh, <laughs> very confident guy. We won the Super Bowl last year, <laughs> and this is how I'm reacting in week 12, dude. <laughs> hey, just enjoy that Super Bowl ring. Just stare longingly at it, embrace it, look at it, and be like, you know what? At least we have this. You know what I mean? At least we have this. Sure, this season, you probably wanted to go back to back, but uh, you have to make it even the playoffs first at this point, and I don't think you guys are making it, so... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Uh, Vernon, but you got your one Super Bowl ring. I'm still waiting as a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm just waiting to get into a conference final at this point. I just want to get to a conference championship. Uh, so, hey, uh, at least you could say you've been to a Super Bowl and won one. So I, I'll continue to wait probably for a while. Uh, let's go to Buffalo. Sorry. No, no. Sorry. With the Buffalo, we got snowed out. We're going to beautiful Detroit, Michigan. Uh, usually two things that don't go together, beautiful and Detroit, but we are in Detroit, uh, for the Buffalo bills versus the Cleveland Browns and the bills get back to their winning ways. They beat the Browns 21, 20, uh, 31, 23. I should say the Browns actually had some good offensive performances. J- Jacoby Brissett had a really good game. Mari Cooper, another, uh, good game for him. Wonder what, what previous team he played for. He played really well for, I, I can't seem to recall, but um, it's shocking. And, and this was kind of surprising because, you know, Nick Chubb wasn't outstanding in this, especially on the ground. Um, and so they kind of found it through the air with uh, a coop and, uh, and Jacoby percent. Nonetheless, still the bills are able to get the victory 31, uh, 23, uh, able to win on a neutral, uh, turf. Uh, so, uh, your thoughts on this one, I think it, this was just kind of the bills taking advantage of a weak Cleveland Browns defense. I'm in a group chat. I've got a friend who's a big Cleveland Browns fan. I'm in a group chat with him. And every Sunday, it's really funny seeing how sad 
the Browns are. Because I don't I don't really watch that many Browns games. Yeah. But I get I get constant updates about how terrible the defense is and how good the offense is. Yeah. And Jac- Jacoby Brissett has surprisingly had a pretty good start to the season. Yep. Um obviously Deshaun Watson there is gonna take over the starting position. But but Brissett's played very well. And and I think they, they have to give him credit. Because uh, I don't think anybody saw him really playing as good as he has. Obviously, Nick Chubb, you know, doing what he does on the ground is 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 gonna lighten his load a little bit. But the the Browns, uh, through no fault of the offense, have looked pretty rough this season. Uh, the defense has been bad. Um, the play calling has not been great. Yep. And uh, the Bills probably should have won by more. I think because the defense just gave up a lot of opportunities. And the Bills are the Bills. Josh Allen had a pretty rough game. Uh, he is coming off injury. And so they had a pretty slow start. The first half was pretty quiet for the Bills. Uh, but they got things going and obviously got the win 31-23. Yeah. And so there you go. Uh, I it, That's just kind of been the thing for the Browns is that defense has not looked as good as we thought it could be. It's actually looked worse. Um, and so even trying to acquire Deion Jones uh, in, midway through the season it has not helped. Um, and so I think that's going to be uh, – Something to look at for the Browns uh, heading into the offseason. But uh, the Bills get back on their winning ways. Uh, the Bills are still the Bills. I, I'm still not that concerned about them. I know they had that uh, rough loss against the Vikings or whatever, but um, I, I they're still a team to look out for. Maybe they're not performing to a level that we hoped they would be. Maybe we thought their record would be better, but I still think this is a competitive team that, that will do some damage. So... We'll move on. We'll talk about the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this was not an exciting game. Uh, <laughs> uh, not one of Lamar Jackson's better games either. Um, this was a guy I kind of had as a dark horse candidate to win MVP this year. I saw a contract year. He wants to prove himself. And first couple of weeks, I was looking like a genius. God, I was looking like a genius. And uh, now he's kind of played to like some weeks he's good. Some other weeks he's he's not as good. Certainly not at the MVP level that I thought he maybe he could be at. Um, but uh, hey, Baker Mayfield's back. Welcome back. He's got the starting role. Uh, he continued to not do good. Uh, so no chip on his shoulder on this one. Um, and uh, Demarcus Robinson. I mean, we were talking about the receiving core for the Ravens for a while. Um, one of their receivers there whose name all uh, Rashad Bateman uh, get, goes down with an injury. And so they're trying to find some different receiver options, uh, maybe a Devin DuVernay. And obviously Mark Andrews still very good, uh, very good tight end for them. But Demarcus Robinson coming out to play uh, for the Ravens, he becomes an option for Lamar Jackson in this one. Not getting a touchdown, but over 100 yards receiving. Uh, So really, that's uh, all you could really ask for. Um, So kind of your thoughts on the Ravens. I feel like they're at the precipice of taking that next step to be. Like to me, the top teams are obviously the Chiefs. I think the Vikings, even after that loss of the Cowboys, are still up there. I think the Eagles, um, I think the Cowboys have now ascended into that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But those, to me, are like the four big teams. And maybe the Bills, on a good day, are the teams to kind of look out for in the playoff picture. Um, I And I think the Ravens are on the cusp of it, the precipice. Where do you think? So the Ravens are 7-3 and three right now. They are tied for fourth in the league. And they're missing their number one running back and receiver. Yeah. Um, and so I think you gotta, gotta gotta give a lot of credit to the entire team because it's been a team effort. Um, some weeks we mentioned Devin Duvernay. Devin Duvernay has been pretty good. Mark Andrews obviously has been pretty consistent. Um, but Demarcus Robinson, Isaiah Likely, 
Uh, you know, Kenyon Drake, surprisingly, has, has stepped in at the running back position and, and provided some stability there. It's been a real team effort for the Ravens. 13 uh, 3 over the Panthers doesn't instill a lot of confidence. But like I said, it moves them to 7 and 3, sitting tied for fourth in the NFL. Um, I, I, I think the Ravens have weathered the storm pretty well. And th- like you said, they're j- maybe just a step below that, that upper echelon of teams. But, uh, but they've been pretty consistent throughout the year, and it, it's really been a team effort. Yeah, and, and certainly. And as a team, and I, I'm, a, I'm a big John Harbaugh guy. I, I love him as a coach. I think I would want to play for John Harbaugh. And I think I just love that organization as well. Not from like a fan perspective. I just like the way that things are run there. It's like consistent, confident, feels like they're no, they know what they're doing there. Um, it's just, I feel like the team is, it's, it's close. They just need that one definitive win for me where I see them and I'm like, man, that is a team that is, that is on the precipice that, that could be a contender in the playoffs. And they're just not quite there yet. When I see it, they're close, but they're just not quite there yet. Uh, when it comes to the Panthers, I mean, I've heard some discussion that maybe Steve Wilkes will get the interim part removed from his head coaching, uh, role. Do you think that's a smart move for the Panthers? Or do you think they should look elsewhere? I, I'm going to be honest. I have not paid much attention to the Panthers this year. Uh, I know they traded Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Uh, I know that they play in Carolina, uh, but they're three and eight this year, and they've gone from Baker Mayfield to uh, to Sam Darnold. So um, that's pretty much my knowledge of the of the Carolina Panthers this year. <laughs> I think they've been pretty forgettable, and maybe that's a good thing because. <laughs> they're not a great team so maybe forgettable is better than being embarrassing <laughs> you mean how could you forget names like terrence marshall jr and uh and shy smith and hey hold up hold up well tmj tmj that the iconic lsu receiver yes that joe broke at throwing passes to to none other than Terrace Marshall Jr. I can't think of another receiving option that that Joe Burrow had. So I'm just saying. (laughs) That's right. uh, Put some respect on Terrace Marshall Jr. Yeah. No other big receiving threat for Joe Burrow at LSU. Can't think of one. No. Not one at all. Not not one he's currently throwing to at all. Cannot think of it. No. Just kind of slips the mind. Oh, man. Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, Shai Smith. Hey, LaVisca Chenault is on this team too. Remember him? He was a guy that uh, fantasy football owners were like, ah, this could be somebody in your flex. They're a really fun roster to go, oh, Preston Williams. He had a couple (laughs) of football games. Ian Thomas, he was supposed to be a thing. Oh, yeah, look, especially DJ Moore, he exists. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, their team was like, who who is the most like Deontay Foreman probably is like the most like, the most successful piece of that team right now. Yeah. Cause I can't really think of anybody, uh, maybe, uh, maybe on defense. I, I'm definitely forgetting guys. Yeah. Um, they've got, uh, Jeremy Chin. I think uh, he's still on defense there. Yep. Um, you know, th- they've got some good pieces there, but I, 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 I the Panthers. They're, <laughs> they're in a, they're in a tough division right now. And so, um, I wish I could give you more, more analysis than, Eh. But I, I really don't have any thoughts on Steve Wilkes keeping the head coaching gig. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're like, uh, if he can't, if he keeps it, he keeps it. Whatever, you know. I, I couldn't tell you anything about the Panthers, man. I feel so bad right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Hey, to be honest, it's like there's. I mean, uh, J.C. Horn is on there. I think you may have mentioned J.C. Horn, but uh, Shaq Thompson. Yeah, 
yeah. uh, linebackers there. So Derek Brown, Derek Brown. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I believe CJ Henderson uh, is still there. So, um, you know, from the Jaguars when they gave up on him. There we so, go. So, you know, there's, they've got, they, they've got pieces. Don't, don't be too mean on them. All right. They're not the Texans. There are players that play for the Panthers. That's you are right. correct. Uh, they wear a Jersey <laughs> and they hit the field and we watch them play. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we know they exist. Um, nonetheless. Yes. So, so uh, no strong feelings whatsoever about Steve Wilkes being named, potentially named the head coach of the uh, Panthers. You're just like, eh, all right. Let's see how Sam Darnold does next week. I'm actually fascinated to see how he does because uh, it's been a while. Maybe maybe the ghosts finally get out from his head and uh, throw some uh, daggers, some bombs to DJ Moore and <laughs> LaVisca Chenault and Shy Smith. All, all, all the game. Uh, for the and Terrace Marshall. And Terrace Marshall, too. Again, the only option that Joe Burrow had at LSU. And uh, he set up Joe Burrow and he's the only reason Joe Burrow is successful right now is because of Terrace Marshall Jr. That's right. And what does he get? Yeah. He gets stuck on the Panthers. What a reward for him. Unbelievable. Final game in the one o'clock window, the Detroit Lions, the New York Giants. Hey, the Lions, they're on a win streak. We're, 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 we're biting kneecaps. We're back to biting kneecaps. We're back to not caring about if you have a one butt cheek or uh, what, what do you say? One buck cheek or and, or two toes or whatever. Get get back on the Lions bandwagon. Hard knocks and whatever. Like, we're back. We're back on. Uh, the Super Bowl parade is back on for the Detroit Lions. Right? Right? Am I am I right? This, is, this game was a battle of coaches that anybody could run through a wall for. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Brian Dable, you know, fired up the Giants. He got them off to a hot start. Um, and, 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 you know. I, I, it's funny because both these teams aren't weren't supposed to be good, but both these teams I think have kind of overachieved. Yeah, and it's been it's been pretty pretty consistent team efforts from from both teams. Uh, the Lions there, Jamal Williams uh, popped off for three touchdowns. He's been really good on the ground this year. I think he leads the league in in, in rushing touchdowns. Um, DeAndre Swift has almost been an afterthought there because Jamal Williams has really stepped up his game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, which is kind of interesting because I thought Swift would take that next step this season as as the lead back, but really Williams, especially on the goal line, like they never used DeAndre Swift on the goal line. They always used Jamal Williams, and that running back duo there has been solid for them. And uh, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown has always been a guy that people kind of circle. Now Jamison Williams is reporting to practice, uh, so that's another guy to keep an eye on. He was probably the best receiver. Uh, prospect of that group if he didn't tear his ACL. I I love JMO so much. I'm so excited uh, to see him actually get a chance to get back on the football field. Um, I think that you know it's weird they traded Hawkinson right. So yes. so you know offensively it's gonna be it's gonna be the Jamal Williams show at running back, and then through the air you're gonna have DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams, and it's just a weird mix. But you know that feels like the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that that is the Detroit Lions. Really, for me, the Lions' weakness has just been def- defense, especially defensive backs. Has just been like <laughs> it's been tough for the Lions. Um, but hey, things are kind of turning around. Uh, I, I I mentioned my notes here. Hey, uh, for the Giants, Wondell Robinson looks good, uh, and he's gone. He's he's gone. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, that leaves a giant OBJ sized hole uh, in the Giants' offense that uh, could potentially be filled. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hint, hint. But, uh, you know, I, I, I've I, been, I don't, 
I've said it on here. Maybe it's a hot take. I don't care. I'm not on the Giants bandwagon. I don't think they're a threat at all. I don't think they're a threat. I think they're a fun team. I don't think they're a threat, but I think they're a fun team. And I appreciate that their fans have something to cheer about. I maybe that I don't know, but like, but offensively, they just don't have the weapons. I don't think Saquon is being Saquon. He's being electric. Um, Kadarius Tony's gone, and maybe Giants fans. This is bad. You should never wish injury upon a player. But Kadarius Tony gets traded. uh, He plays immediately, and then he gets injured immediately. So. Wanda Robinson gets injured immediately. I think the Giants might just be cursed. Yeah. They got Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard right now as their one and two. Yeah. Um, you know what's tough for him? It's tough for him out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They got Richie James. Like, I don't know. Let's go. I don't know. Excited. Daniel Bellinger's injured. Whoa. Like, Oh, they sorry. Nothing, he's injured. I, I cheered an injury. My apologies. <laughs> <Let me take laughs> <Daniel> Bellinger. <Bellinger. laughs> um, hey, David Sills. I think he's still there. Um, hey, yeah. remember Jalen Smith? He's on that roster too. Uh, boy, was that a one-year wonder? Um, you know who is good for that team on the defensive side of the ball? And I continue to heap praise on him. And I think he deserved deserve to get more mention is Dexter Lawrence. My God, that guy looks good on the defensive line. Big guy. Yeah, big big dude. And uh, he's, certainly been, he's certainly been a threat for them. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just like the divisional rival in me is just like man I'm t- I I was enjoying the Giants uh, not succeeding <laughs> just like as a as a Cowboys fan but uh, certainly Brian Dable has 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 lit a fire under their ass and got them going and uh, I I certainly bring in them a lot more confidence than in years past uh, no longer uh, going for a quarterback sneak at like second a lawn in their own <laughs> which I saw that as like immediately should have fired the coach after that like as soon as they were running that play it was like. My God, but um, nonetheless, and, and plus they drafted pretty well to Kayvon Thibodeau is on that squad. And so, um, yeah, I, I this giant squad, it's, it's some a team to keep an eye on, but I don't think they're a threat. I think they are really beneficial of a, of a weak schedule. And I think the Eagles have also been beneficial of a weak schedule, but they've looked more dominant against those weaker teams. While with the Giants, I don't know. I just I just don't buy it. I, I feel like once you put them, I want to see them against an Eagles squad again. Or, or a Chiefs or or even a Bills, you know, and just see how they do. And then I'll be like, okay, well, let's see where, where we are with this team. Um, but uh, not really on the Giants bang, bandwagon as others are. I think they're just kind of benefiting from, you know, you mentioned they got a good coach in Dayball, I think. I think Dayball's kind of lit a fire under them, but still, still on the outs with them. Still on the outs with them. Even just kind of trying to look from a neutral perspective and not a I hate the Giants because I'm a Cowboys fan perspective. Um, any other quick thoughts on this Lions-Giants game before we move on to the 4 o'clock window? No, but I got a great transition for you. Sure. We're going to talk about great coaches, and now we're going to talk about Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, yes. Oh, Nathaniel Hackett is a coach in his own league in the sense that he should probably not be coaching in this league. Uh, he <laughs> is just... I've been calling for him to be let go the moment I saw that first game against the Seahawks and before we knew that maybe Russell Wilson wasn't the Russell Wilson, we, we, we thought he would be, but boy, uh, Hey, though Hackett gave up the play calling duties, if I recall correctly. So, uh, uh, that's probably good. Uh, they still lost, but you know, <laughs> progress is progress, I guess. Um, and so, Hey, you know, when you're losing to Josh McDaniels and the Raiders in overtime, you know, things are kind of rough. Because uh, uh, I think it's fair to say that maybe McDaniel's is not a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, it's uh, it it it's 
overall just a weird game. I though I am realizing the similarities between the Broncos and the Rams right now, where the Broncos tried to emulate uh, what the Rams did. They traded for for one of the elite 2010s quarterbacks. They trade for Russell Wilson, but they forgot to win a Super Bowl in the first year, <laughs> and so now they just they just gave up their first round picks. Yeah, they skip right to the end <laughs> that one, and not and not really the, realize how Russell Wilson is at this. point. The Broncos speed ran the collapse of the Rams. Yes, <laughs> they, yes. Just, they just skipped the success yeah. part. Not even a playoff appearance. Like they just went right to the end. <laughs> like my goodness, you know what? When you put it that way, it's like, and I would argue too at this point, like. Like in terms of Pete Cooper Cup is the best receiver between the two receiving cores, but like in terms of like you know Tim Patrick goes down for the for the Broncos, but he's a pretty solid receiver. Jerry Judy is always somebody that people keep an eye on. Cortland Sutton, and so there's a good receiving core there. And uh, now it's just like you know Russ is uh, not cooking. In fact, he may be the one that's cooked. So, Russ cooked. Yeah. Russ cooked for too long. Now he's cooked. Yeah, he he's he's burned. He's he he burned the cook. He burned his cooking. That's what happened. And uh, now he, he he burned it too much to now he is cooked himself in a weird uh, sort of way. Um, but yeah, this uh, this was such a weird game. Uh, you know, it's weird because Devontae Adams is still putting up Devontae Adam like numbers. And it's just not connected to, to me like on paper going into this year because Raiders obviously make the playoffs last year. Different coach and whatever. But I looked at them on, on paper this year and they cut off a lot of the John Gruden, Mike Mayock draft selections of, of years past, which, you know, I think that's going to be like a whole topic in of itself, just how badly they drafted those last couple of years. Um, and then you bring in a Devonte Adams. You still had Derek Carr. I, one of the only good picks, maybe you could argue with Josh Jacobs during that era of Mayock and, and Gruden uh, still is a solid enough running back. And, um, you still have Max Crosby on the defensive side and whatever. So it's like on paper, it seemed like things should be better, but boy, when that one week when McDaniels, they, it did, it took them until like two minutes left in the fourth quarter to actually get to the other side of the field. <laughs> like, you know, things are not going great. Uh, but Hey, it's weird though with Devontae Adams putting up these big numbers. It's just not translating to wins. Yeah. And I think the issue there is that between, uh, Josh Jacobs has been very good on the ground, but, but Devontae Adams has been all there is for the year. Uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, for as great as they've been in the past couple of years, they've just not been, um, they've not done much this year. And part of that's injury. Part of that has just been a weird lack of attention from the offense. Uh, Mac Hollins is the second leading receiver by 200 yards for this team. It goes Devontae Adams, Mac Hollins, Josh Jacobs, and then Foster Moreau. So, besides Devonte adams and josh jacobs there's not been much else going offensively for these raiders yeah it's uh not much offensively going going right for the broncos either uh it's just been like it's been rough i don't see hackett sticking around at the end of the year do you i don't think he should yeah, yeah no he shouldn't uh, there's also a part of me that feels like they could continue on but we've seen new coaches they're gone within a year that have been um, maybe not as deserved as I think Hackett would be uh, in terms of being let go. And I think there are better coaching candidates out there. Um, let me throw this idea out to you because I wanted to bring it up with the other teams we're going to talk about. But let me throw this idea out there to you. Sean Payton, new head coach for the Denver Broncos. Are you in? Absolutely. Um, I think having some stability for the Broncos would be huge for them. Um, 
you know, I I don't think God bless Mac, Matt or Nathaniel Hackett, but but you know, I don't think he's the answer. No. Uh, I think they re- they really have to look at potential solutions um, because they've invested a lot in this team. Uh, they've they've given up a lot of draft capital uh, financially. They've committed a lot to Russ, and I think they have to try to find an answer to make things a little bit more palatable next year. Mm-hmm. Palatable. Palatable. Love. I know. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I've said some words bad too. It's uh, it's all good. Uh, but let's talk about something that wasn't bad, at least for me. The Dallas Cowboys, forty to three over the Minnesota Vikings. Let me get my victory run in. Let me get my uh. St- let's just talk about the. Oh no, wait, no, we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop this review, and we are gonna take this to a more reasonable review. We're gonna go to the Bengals and the Steelers game now. We're gonna take this to a more reasonable. It's too. It's too dominant. We're not gonna talk about the Cowboys and the Vikings. We're gonna talk about the Bengals and Steelers. We're moving past this. Boy, that pissed me off when I heard about it. It's like stick with the game. Let me, let me, let me stick with the the competitive, the the, the ass whipping that the Cowboys were ga- laying to the Vikings. Uh, Tony Pollard season, baby. I've been calling it. Tony Pollard. They need to unleash Pollard. He was a uh, just uh, the the limited carries he had. He looked impressive. Why not showcase him a little bit more? And I think throughout the season, with a combination of the Dak Prescott injury and even to an extent the Ezekiel Elliott injury uh, a couple weeks back. Um, I think they kind of realized that, hey, our identity now is going to be a running team because these two have been, especially Pollard, have been the uh, focus of our offense and teams are having a tough time stopping us. And, you know, with Dak, you can also have him be a little bit mobile as well. And you, the receivers are good enough where you could pull off a play action and and pull off some bigger plays if you wanted to. Um, so I think the Cowboys have find the, found their identity on offense, and I think this defense is legit, man, especially that front four uh, on the defensive line. Osa Digizua is my guy. I love that guy. Obviously, Micah Parsons, you got to love him. Um, our guy, uh, uh, Neville Gallimore from Ottawa as well, uh, killing it on the defensive line. Um, and so it's, this is uh, – this. This to me, at least as a Cowboys fan, is a, this is the most fun I've been a, as a Cow- Cowboys fan in a while. Because usually, especially during the Jason Garrett years, I, I we would be competitive, but I would always feel like there would be something that would burn us. And this feels like a competitive team here, uh, Mr. Vernon. Yeah, I'm a, like you mentioned there, Tony Pollard's success. I'm super excited to see him break out. He's uh, I feel like it's really easy to cheer for for these guys who who are backups or who don't have an opportunity for a few years and just finally seeing them break out. It, it kind of, it, it's heartwarming. It's, it's uplifting. And, and, and he's been, he's shown glimpses for so long that it's being a little bit frustrating that he's not had these opportunities. I had heard before the season started, there were, like looking at plans to have him in the slot just to get him the ball because he's been so good. Mm-hmm. And so it's exciting to see um, the success finally come for him. Uh, and as a whole, it's nice to see the, the Cowboys get some success. Obviously, it is fun to see the Cowboys lose. Uh, it, it's a bit of a meme. It's a bit of a joke. Yeah. But, um, but you know, you know, Cowboys have had some rough years. And I do feel for you. So it is nice to see them get a little bit of a little bit of success for them. You see, you're much nicer than I. I was ripping into your Rams, and I thought, you know what, this would be a good opportunity for you to turn around and talk about those miserable years. But no, you didn't do that, Mr. Vernon. And that's what I appreciate about you. Um, I, I do not deserve that. <laughs> so I I appreciate that. Um, one thing I do have to put you on the spot for, um, I think you need to apologize, Mr. Vernon. Uh, I think you need to apologize to Trayvon Diggs. 
you need to apologize and say he's a good defensive back because he was able to shut down Justin Jefferson for 33 yards receiving and that's it. So apologize right now on the recording. Tell me he's a good defensive back. He's one of the best in the league. Say it. Say it right now. I want to apologize to absolutely nobody. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm a Trevon Diggs hater. Um, I think part of that stems from fantasy football. Um, but, <laughs> but I don't think, I really don't think he's a good cover corner. Oh, and come on. He's, he's very good at very good at making the big plays. Um, and he had a great game. Uh, I, I'll give him credit there. He, he's had a couple of really good games. Um, but, you know, even just for the memes, like, I can't apologize one bit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you one last opportunity to redeem yourself. Apologize to Trayvon Diggs and say he's a good defensive back. Trayvon Diggs had a good game. That's not an apology. We'll meet in the middle. We'll <laughs> no, meet in the middle. No. Trayvon Diggs had a good game. You'll apologize by the end of the year. He was able to shut him down for 33 yards received. This isn't this isn't Shy Smith of the Carolina Panthers he shut down. This is Justin Jefferson he shut down. Put some respect on his name. Uh, speaking of uh, names, uh, Kirk Cousins uh, continues to make a name for himself when it comes to making uh, clutch plays. Uh, and be continue to be consistent. He always seems to be like that guy where it's like, oh yeah, he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. And then the, the, the spotlight shines just a little bit brighter, just a little bit too bright. And all of a sudden he kind of cowers under the light and uh, has himself a bad game. And I think that strip sack that Micah Parsons laid on him at, at the start of the game really set the tone for him and got into his head right at the start um, because Dalvin Cook didn't get going. Justin Jefferson didn't get going. TJ Hawkinson didn't get going. Uh, this was a rough night for the Minnesota Vikings. 40 to three. It's going to be a rough night for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So uh, go Cowboys. Let's go Cowboys. We're just continuing on. We may, it's crazy. I, I would have thought that at this point we'd be winning the division the way that people were talking about the NFC East. And we're now currently, I believe second or third in the division. So uh, Eagles, obviously number one. Um, I predicted the Eagles to win the division. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where it's like, I'm happy I'm right, but I'm also not happy that it's the Eagles. So, yeah, you know, I think by the end of the year though, the, the Cowboys are going to have done enough where they, you should have some fun for the rest of the year. Yeah. All I ask, Mr. Vernon, all I ask is to get past the divisional round. That's all I ask. (laughs) Just get to the NFC conference game. I don't care who it's against. Just get to the NFC conference game. And I'll be a happy man. I just want to. I just want to shed the demons of can't win the playoffs, can't get past because we really are the Leafs of the NFL. We really are the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL. We wear blue. We can't get past a certain round. We blow it in the final minutes. It's uh, there's a lot of similarities, and I and I don't like thinking about it. So please just get to the conference championship. That's all I ask. I don't know what the big deal is. Just win the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah. that hard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. Just get rid of all your futures and your for, and your picks, and you're good to go. Get yourself Stafford and Von Miller and OBJ, and, and have Aaron Donald, a generational defensive lineman, on your team, and and uh, and a, and a, and one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the league in Cooper Cup. That's all you need, and then you got a chance to win the Super Bowl. Uh, well, I, speaking of Super Bowls. Oh, oh, yeah. I really had a good transition you, there. You did. Speaking of last year's Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 37-30. Wow, a king of transitions over here. 
Um, I tried my best. <laughs> we well, this was uh, the review that uh, this was the game I should say that uh, caused. Uh, if you were a watcher of the Cowboys Vikings game, you didn't get to see the full game. You got to see this game. Uh, Joe Burrow putting on a Joe Burrow performance against uh, with uh, receivers. Uh, who's this Jamar? Chase, he's not there. He wasn't on the field, but apparently he's coming back on the field. Apparently he was big in LSU. I thought it was just Terrence Marshall. I thought that was I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's a mistake. Like Jamar Chase is just like an anagram for Terrence Marshall Jr. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I mean, just just doesn't make any sense. Is is Chase is it like the bank in the US? Is that what it is? It's like is, is that what's going on here? Uh but uh, I know who T Higgins is, but I don't know this Jamar Chase. Um It's weird. I thought I thought their their pass catchers were were T Higgins and Samaje T- Samaje <laughs> Yeah, I was just gonna say. Uh, yeah, I was I was gonna make the joke where it's like, who uh, needs Jamar Chase? Yeah, who needs Jamar Chase? It's like so. Joe Mixon had three. T- oh, sorry, Ron, running back. Samaje Pirine had three touchdowns in this game. Um, hey, big performance for him. So get it where you can, I guess. Um, I it's interesting with the Steelers squad because. I actually kind of like Kenny Pickett. Is, am, I, am I crazy to say that? I think he's kind of developing a little bit. He's showing some glimpses. I, he's improving. And I think the Steelers may have something here in Pickett if he continues to develop. I don't know. Am I am I a little too high on Kenny Pickett? I I think if you're a Steelers fan, then I, I, I hope you're not because they, 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 they invested a first-round pick. Right. Um, he is the only first-round quarterback pick. And up until this point, I don't think he's been very good. So, so you know, moving forward, if he's able to to have some consistent games, then maybe the first round selection looks a little bit better. Because I think they're sticking with him at least for the next year, probably next year or two. Mm-hmm. I think I think they give him an opportunity. They've got some young pieces there. Uh, George Pickens is a very good receiver. Deontay Johnson's been pretty good. Um, Najee Harris, another young running back. So they've got some young pieces there. And I think Kenny Pickett is able to grow with that team and grow with those, uh, those players. And, uh, hopefully, you know, they're able to, to see a little bit more success in the future. Yeah. I, I, and the reason why I bring up, I'm, I'm a little bit more up on the up and up with Pickett is I've seen some good throws from him and I'm like, compared to other quarterbacks, like if you're asking me, I would, I would pick. Kenny Pickett over Zach Wilson any day. I think I could pick a lot of quarterbacks over Zach Wilson, but I think at this point of his career and with Pickett, I think that's a good thing that uh, you can at least say he's better. I think you could even maybe argue and maybe I'm being a little bit crazier, but I'd probably want him over Mac Jones at this point too. Like the way Mac Jones has played again, maybe that's just me being a little too critical of Mac Jones, but um, I'm not saying he's been this lights out offensive rookie of the year quarterback or anything like that. He's certainly not, but I think, you know, we mentioned George Pickens. He's a guy that had a couple of really good catches this game. Um, and so I, I I see some potential here in Pickett. I, I think if he continues to grow, he continues to mold. I think during the draft, I think if the Steelers are able to invest maybe in another receiver, maybe in the offensive line, obviously you got Najee Harris. You don't need to put in a running back or whatever, but maybe just kind of continue to invest in that offense and just kind of let uh, Pickett continue to grow. Because to me, I think the biggest hindrance on that team is Matt Canada and the offensive coordinator side of things. Clearly not the solution at offensive coordinator in, in Pittsburgh. I think. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh Matt Canada, uh, blame Canada as South park once said, uh, just, uh, he's, I don't think he's going to be the offensive coordinator for this team, uh, uh, next season. 
I'd be shocked. They'd be a little bit too loyal to to their guys. But uh, yeah, Joe Burrow, he has a big game, uh, 355 yards passing, four touchdowns. He had the two picks, but you know, four touchdowns, that can uh, be exciting. Samaje P. Ryan, as we mentioned earlier, he has uh, three touchdowns over the air receiving uh, off of 52 yards receiving. So, hey, good for Samaje P. Ryan. He's a guy that's uh, kind of under the radar for obviously behind Mixon. And so uh, oh, this was a fun little game, I thought, uh, as all things considering. Obviously, the Bengals, they needed to get the win here. This is their first division win, by the way, of the season, which I thought was interesting. So they kind of needed this win. That's kind of surprising. And it, you know, it almost does make sense. The, they've got a tough division. Yeah. And I think if you had said that the Bengals, Steelers, and Browns, and the Ravens, really all of them, if you had said that like three years ago, um, you know, one or two of them, you see, you're seeing glimpses of it. But if you had said that, you know, in 2023, 2024, that all four of those teams are competitive, that all four of those teams are, are, are really tough teams that are, are, you know, all competing for the playoffs. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. But, uh, but that's the way the division's shaping up to be. They look like a pretty stacked division. Yeah. I think the Steelers are the weakest of that, of those teams. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but, um, I, 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 given all that picket love earlier, I still don't think that, uh, the Steelers are, are, but having TJ Watt back, having Minka Fitzpatrick back, that's going to be key for them. Certainly. I think there'll be a team that's competitive and maybe ruin some other teams chances later on in the season, but I don't really see them making the playoffs. I see it between the Bengals and the Ravens uh, coming in the end. Probably the Ravens will probably win the division, but, uh, it could be close uh, between those two teams. Let's go For to sure. uh, let's go to Sunday night football. The Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers once again so close to beating the Chiefs, but the Chiefs able to come up with a big victory, thirty to twenty-seven, off of the touchdown of Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey having another big night. Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey connection continues to deliver for Kansas City. It's kind of boring at this point, but also very exciting to watch. But uh, you kind of expect it from Mahomes uh, at this point. Uh, Finding that connection with Kelsey. Again, he's a guy to me that uh, will probably be high up in the MVP consideration. Talking about Patrick Mahomes. Um, And so, yeah, I don't want to really talk about the Chiefs too much because I think there's just, this is clearly a Super Bowl favorite and a a team that's that's, uh, going to make a deep run in the playoffs, barring any sort of big upset and they sputter like they did last season against those Bengals. Um, But uh, I want to talk about the Chargers a little bit because. This Chargers team is like, I, granted, they had to deal with injuries. Now they're dealing with an injury to Mike Williams. And obviously, Keenan Allen has had, had been out for a couple of weeks. But I think this team is just kind of, eh. Am I, am I crazy in saying that? Like, I, I, I thought this team would be much better with the additions of J.C. Jackson over the offseason and, and on the defensive side of the ball, I thought, you know, defense was kind of the weakest point for them last year. I thought maybe they'd make the improvements and Justin Herbert would continue to make those strides as a lead quarterback. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, with this team, I'm actually to the point wondering if Brandon Staley would still be the head coach by the end of the year. Yeah, they're, I'm not sure how to describe the Chargers. They feel very whelming. They're not, yeah. they're not overwhelming. They're not underwhelming. They're just very whelming. Yeah. And that's probably the worst spot to be in. Um, they're, they're five and five. They, they've won some good games. They've lost some close games. Um, and you know, it's hard to, hard to, you know, fault them for losing to the chiefs right now. The chiefs are just so dominant. 
but it is one of those things where it's just like there's just one or two guys that just always seem to be underperforming or one or two things that go wrong that don't quite go their way where they could have been great this year and they've just been they've just been fine mm-hmm. and that's you know it's a really tough spot to be in for them is to just be fine yeah it's it's they're just very there you mentioned whelming yeah they're just very there and i think this is a team that could be more but i feel like we also say that about the chargers every single year for the last two decades since marty schottenheimer was was coaching this team um but man i i just look at this uh this this chargers team and i see the talent but uh I, I did get a laugh. Uh, I, I won't name the name of this uh, analyst, um, but uh, I'm sure you saw the social media quarterback uh, analysis for uh, Justin Herbert. That's kind of where we are at the takes game when it comes to uh, uh, some of the NFL stuff. But, uh, you know, I think Herbert's a good quarterback. I think he could definitely be somebody that could fill into that top five with in a really good year. So I was just kind of putting it all together, and I was mentioning Sean Payton earlier. I think this is the team that Payton may want to circle as a team he may want to join and be a head coach for because there's talent here. Austin Eckler is a very good running back, and um, I, I look obviously Herbert and the two receivers there, and and, and Allen and and uh, and uh, Williams, and still some solid receivers there. Josh Palmer behind them, and uh, defense I think is there, so that could be a team that uh, Sean Payton maybe wants to slide into the DMs of and maybe say, Hey, let's, uh, let's, let's hit each other up and uh, let's, uh, let's, let's talk some ball here. Um, but uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I really do agree. I think the pieces are, are pretty much all there. Uh, you mentioned the, you know, offensively, maybe they can use help in the offensive line. That might be something they might look to upgrade uh, defensively. I'm not sure what you'd say the weakness is there. I've not paid uh, too much close attention to them, but I, I, I know that the pieces seem to be there there's nothing i think that's a real glaring weakness for the chargers it's just kind of being things just not fitting into place as as smoothly as he'd hoped yeah. uh jc jackson a little bit disappointing um but but it, like you said there um they seem to be a team that just needs one or two things to go right for them to just take the next step and and to be uh, a real impressive team yeah totally um, let's take things on the road for Monday night football. We're heading South. We're going to go to Mexico city here for Monday night football. And we're going to talk about this blowout between the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the seat continues to get hotter for Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I think it's going to look rough for him at the end of the year. Um, but Hey, uh, you know, uh, granted Kyler Murray, not in, but Texas Longhorns legend Colt McCoy gets the start. He's still in the league. Uh, so, uh, how about that? He gets the start. Uh, he didn't do too much. Uh, don't get too excited, but, uh, you know who, uh, you should put some respect on, uh, Jimmy Jesus, my goodness, four touchdowns over the air, put some respect on Jimmy G, right? Right. I, I think we got to put some more respect on him. I think we do. And, and it is, I, I realized the other day, just how he's kind of getting a little bit older. Like he's yeah. a real veteran quarterback now <laughs> and, and he's able to step in. Uh, obviously he's probably disappointed. He's, you know, he he's playing second fiddle to Trey Lance there, but he um he was a veteran. He he did what had to be done. Now he's stepped in and he's he's leading the 49ers. And 38-10, that's a that's a pretty convincing win there. Uh you mentioned four touchdowns, I think. And and they just looked like such a better team than the Cardinals. Yeah. And and you, you mentioned the the Cliff Kingsbury uh, hate there. Uh, I am fully on board hating Cliff 
Cliff Kingsbury because <laughs> he's just not been a good coach. No, like in general, he's just not been good. No, he's just like they got enticed with the air raid stuff, and he coached the, in Texas Tech and had this incredible offense, but totally overlooked the not having a winning record in college, <laughs> bringing him up. And uh, yeah, it just looks lost sometimes to the point where Murray is actively yelling at him <laughs> from the field. So yeah, I think if you would have brought in Kingsbury as like an offensive coordinator for a team and give him a shot, then maybe you could see it. But uh, as a head coach, he has not uh, been delivering on that front. I mean, it, when you really think about it, he had Patrick Mahomes. He coached Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech and had a losing record. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. So I think it's starting to become more clear that maybe Mahomes was getting restrained by uh, Mr. Kingsbury more than uh, anything else. But uh, I also want to mention George Kittle. Uh, He had a great night, not because he had two touchdowns for 84 yards receiving, not because of that, but because he was able to get a nice mask from Pentagon Jr. Slash Penta El Zero Meadow, the professional wrestler for AEW. So, hey, you got a nice little souvenir as uh, part of his trip down to Mexico City. So good for him. Uh, I don't know if you are a wrestling guy at this point, Mr. Vernon, or if you're just kind of caught up with the Devils and their massive winning streak going on right now. But uh, nonetheless. Uh, a little bit. I, I respect AEW. I respect what they're doing there. Um, I'm not sure if that's a that's a. I don't know enough about the wrestling politics to, to get into it, but, uh, you know, it, they're fun. I like watching wrestling occasionally. There you go. But see? I have no idea who that person is. I don't oh, know who Pentagon Jr. is. I'm sorry. How dare you? This That was very much a, I'm just going to pop myself with this. <laughs> just give cheer cheer myself for this one. But uh, but uh, you do know Orange Cassidy. I remember that. You do know Orange Cassidy. I love Orange Cassidy. There he's got go. blue jeans. That's, yeah. that's my guy. That's your guy. He got, he's got that's blue jeans. That's all I know. Jeans. Yeah. <laughs> he's and that's got all blue jeans. He's six fans That's all you need to know, really, about Orange MJF? Cassidy. Yep, MJF's the guy? Yeah. MJF's Maxwell Jackswell? <laughs> Maxwell Jacob Freeman, but I will accept MJF. That's all good. That's all good. Yeah. Uh, he actually just called out Conor McGregor, and Conor McGregor responded. So that's how things are going uh, for MJF right now. And he's in a movie, so good for him. Nice. Um, Respect it. There you go. Um, but, uh, quickly on the 49ers, I've mentioned that a couple of times, but they always seem to be a team that's under the radar in terms of how good they are, especially on the defensive side. It's just really injuries have just killed them the last couple of years. Yeah. I think even when they, they made it to the Super Bowl, they were pretty underrated, yeah. um, which is kind of surprising, but you know, the 49ers just, they're such a historic team. They've had historic success. Um, and somehow still they're slept on which is kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, there you go. And that's it. That's a look at uh, at least uh, a, a look back at week 11 and all the games. We broke it down. And so we're going to try and quickly make our way through our week 12 picks. And uh, this is a special week for week 12 picks because it's American Thanksgiving. How are you celebrating American Thanksgiving, Matt? By working from 5 a.m. until 2 p.m. tomorrow. There you go. There you go. Yeah. We call that Thursday around here in Canada. And uh, so let's talk about some Thanksgiving football. We're going to start off with the Buffalo Bills versus the Detroit Lions at 1230. Your pick in this one. Uh, The Bills, because they are the Bills and the Lions are the Lions. There you go. Nothing too deep there. And I agree with you. Uh, I'm I'm picking the Bills. I like the winning streak that the Lions are on, but... uh, you know, these have been like the best team that they faced were the Packers, and that was uh, not a great Packers squad that they were facing. So uh, I'm going to pick the Bills as well to kind of continue on their winning ways. New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys at 430. Your pick. 
I want to go with the Cowboys there, but I want the Giants to win. I, I feel like this. it's going to be the Cowboys game, but I just want the Giants to win. I feel like it'd be funny. Okay. Uh, and that's really why I watch football is because <laughs> I like watching the Cowboys lose. I don't do, I was like, don't do this. Don't do this. I'm picking the Cowboys. Are you kidding me? Uh, they beat the Giants before. They'll do it again. Let's go. You, you think they're coming off of that dominant victory over the Vikings, one of the top teams in the league. And you mean to tell me that the Giants are going to win after losing two of those Lions? So, so you want to tell me that the Cowboys are going to come off a 40-3 win and then you expect them to win the next game? That doesn't seem like Dallas Cowboys football. It's a new year, a new season, Mr. Vernon. Let me have my hope. Your hope is all gone. I still have mine. You know, you had your Super Bowl. Let me have my hope of a Super Bowl. I just want that. That's all I ask. The Cowboys are going to win this game. Come on. Get, get your head in the game. You bring such great analysis, but this is just an oversight on your part. Um, and the evening game, we talked about those Minnesota Vikings. They're facing off against the New England Patriots, your pick. Uh, I think the Vikings rebound here. Uh, obviously, a tough loss uh, against some random team that I didn't just mention. Uh, but the Patriots, uh, for as much as we talked about Zach Wilson, we talked about how Mac Jones didn't look that great either. Um, the Patriots have been a good team this year, but so have the Vikings, and I think they might take this one. Um, I think it'll be close, though. Yeah, uh, I'm also going to pick the Vikings. Uh, I I think they're the better team uh, between these two. Um, I agree with your analysis. I actually think it's going to be pretty close between these two teams. I we'll see how Kirk Cousins do, does. Uh, the one thing that I'm a little cautious of is that it is technically prime time, and you know how Kirk Cousins is in prime time games. Last time he was in prime time, he didn't do so great. Um, and so we'll see. But I'm still feeling like the rest of the team around him is strong enough where. The Vikings will get the victory, but it will be close. I agree with you. I think it'll be closer than people will expect, uh, but I'm picking the Vikings. Let's go to the Sunday slate of games for starting off at one o'clock. We'll talk about this barred burner of a match between the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins. Your pick. Uh, the Dolphins pretty easily. I think the Dolphins win by like 20. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bet, the, bet, the, bet the under, but bet the, bet the spread on the Dolphins. Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm picking the Dolphins as well. I, I, I've been heaping so much praise on this Dolphins squad, especially their offense. I, I love their offense. And so uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are going to do some damage to this Texan squad. And Derek Stingley may be crying at night at the end of this. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Dolphins. Bengals and Titans, your pick. Um, going to go with the Titans. I think, I think the Bengals um, had a good win. But I think I think the Titans, their defense, uh, just the overall little things they do are going are going to be able to win this one for them. Yeah, this was actually going to be my pick too, and I'm picking the Titans. Uh, this was kind of a coin flip for me because uh, I think the offense for the Bengals could totally overpower the Titans, even with their defense. I just think the offense is that good for the Bengals. But uh, I, I like the way the Titans are going right now. I think Derrick Henry will run all over this Bengals defense, and. Um, I think they'll do enough. I think this could be another one of those high-scoring games, just like the Steelers game. Um, and so I'm, but I am also going to pick the Titans here to take the victory. Denver Broncos versus the Carolina Panthers—a mid-off, as I like to call it. Your pick. Uh, I think mid-off is generous. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, very generous. That's a battle of two teams that I will not be watching at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers. I think they switched to Sam Darnold, and and Darnold uh, has a little bit of a fire under him. Um, I think the Panthers maybe get their weapons going a little bit, whereas the Broncos um, have really struggled uh, offensively and, and, you know, and I guess 
defense not so much but but i think uh i i wish both teams could be losers maybe we'll cheer <laughs> yeah. for a tie yeah I, I feel like the panthers i think i think i think could win this one but I, i'm gonna cheer for a tie yeah you were talking about uh you wish both these teams would be the loser or whatever i think the real losers here are the fans for having to watch this game <laughs> So um, I'm going to I'm going to pick the Broncos here. This is the first time we're going to disagree. I'm going to pick the Broncos here. Uh, I think their defense will do enough to stymie Sam Darnold. Uh, I, I think their defense is just will we'll kind of save them again. Um, I think the Broncos offense will do enough uh, to get by. Um, and uh, yeah, this again, this is not a game I'm going to be actively seeking out. Uh, I'm going to stick with the uh, Denver Broncos here. Chicago Bears, the New York Jets, Mike White season begins. Who is your pick? Uh, I'm going with Fields and the Bears. Uh, probably not controversial. Mike White is a fun story. Uh, the Jets are a good team. Um, they've had success. Um, that being said, I think the Bears have been have been um, have been very good, very very good these past few weeks. And I think I think this coming week is no exception and i'm going to be picking the the bears to pretty handily i think beat the jets i'm picking the jets i gotta stop picking the jets but i'm picking the jets i think the defense uh it's all up to fields because i know you mentioned fields and i think he may not play sunday if he doesn't play i think the jets could win this one uh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, because of the separated oh. shoulder. So, uh, you know what? Right. Because of feeling generous, now that I've thrown that out there, I'll give you the opportunity to change your pick. Because I'm feeling generous. I think the Bears win a close game now. Oh, you still picking the Bears? No, I'm picking I don't the know. Jets. I think it'd be funny. I think it'd be funny. It could be very funny because it is the Jets, but I'm picking the Jets here. Um, I think uh, Mike White will do more than Zach Wilson. I really do. Yeah, uh, he I think it's more. hard to do less than seventy-two yards. <laughs> yes, I. Uh, I think Mike White will throw for hundred and twenty yards, and that will be a significant improvement for this Jets offense. Um, Mike but, White uh, pops off for seventy-three yards. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> but watch it be like that, but like five touchdowns somehow. Like it's just like short plays in the goal line or whatever. Um, but uh, no, I think this defense for the Jets is legit, and I think they will uh, stymie this Bear squad and. Uh, I'm picking the Jets. I, I shouldn't pick the Jets, but I bet against them so many times this season that it's like, you know what? Time to get on the train. Let's go on the Jets train. I'm going to pick the New York Jets. Um, Atlanta Falcons versus the Washington Commanders. Two teams, I feel like they play each other a lot, but don't actually play each other a lot for some reason. Your pick. Uh, going to go with the Commanders here. I like the I like the Commanders as a whole. Um, the Falcons leave a lot to be desired, I think. Um, and the Commanders probably... Between the offense and the defense is improving. I think they're the much better team in this game. Yeah, I am also going to pick the commanders. I think the commanders are running on a high right now. I think it's getting a little under the radar in terms of their winning streak right now. Um, Taylor Heineke has brought a spark to this team and there's some good pieces here. Just needed to come together. And uh, I, I, I like them more than the Falcons. I've always been iffy on the Falcons. And so, Plus, you know, and it's not like Pitts was was making such a drastic difference, but not having him in that lineup anymore, I think, is going to play a factor as well. And they got to use Drake London more. I mean, they got to use some of their offensive weapons more in Atlanta. So um, I'm going to pick the commanders as well. Bucks and Browns, your pick. Uh, going Bucks, and don't think it's very close. The Browns have been mediocre. They've they've had some 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 shining moments and some pretty depressing moments. The Buccaneers, I think are the much better team. And sometimes I don't 
want to overthink it, I'm going Tampa. Yeah, and I am also going to pick Tampa. Uh, I think we finally figured out how Tom Brady could rebound. Just divorce your wife and you'll be able to have some success uh, because ever since doing that, he has looked like a totally different quarterback. Um, but no, I I, I, I think uh, the Bucs are going to win. I think they're going to take advantage of that weak Brown squad. I, I have been impressed with Brissette. Uh, Brissette has done better than I thought he would um, at this point. I thought he would start to falter at this point, but he's been keeping it consistent. And so keeping it warm for Sean Watson. Uh, so... We'll, we'll see how that goes. That is going to be a lot of talk as soon as he... Because, of course, see, they've scheduled the suspension so where he comes back against the Texans. So uh, get excited for that. Totally coincidental, Matt. Totally coincidental. Um, they just felt that, you know, they specifically wanted him to sit out 12 weeks. That's just... they. That was yeah. just, you know, they, that was fit the punishment you know, that's right nothing nothing nefarious nothing nothing underhanded going on no not at all not at all bet on the games out for the year get out of here but uh the stuff that uh, Deshaun was accused of 12 games although i will say in the defense of the nfl they did try to get more it was the players union that was le- arguing for less nonetheless uh hey Deshaun's coming back i can't wait for that uh, discourse that's gonna be fun uh ravens jags your pick I'm going to go Jacksonville. Oh, uh, upset alert here. Upset go. alert here. Um, the Jags have been good. They have a point differential of plus 12, which doesn't sound crazy, but they have been pretty unlucky. And I think for some reason, I've got a gut feeling that the Ravens team mentality, the team approach here, where they kind of win by committee, I think the Buck, or I th- excuse me, I think the Jaguars are able to step up and. I don't know why. I don't. I don't have any reason for it. But I, I don't know. I just got a gut feeling on the Jaguars. Sometimes you just got to go on that gut feeling, even when it's wrong, Matthew Vernon. Because I'm picking the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I, I I've done the Jaguars dark horse pick before, and they've burned me every time. And I am not picking them at this point. I think the Ravens, yeah, they looked a little bit rough against the Panthers, but I think they'll t- figure it out. And yes, I know they don't have Rashad Bateman and their receiving core is a little bit weaker, but they've been able to figure it out on the ground game. Kenyon Drake, as you mentioned before, he's been a, 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 a glimmer for them on the on the running side. And so uh, I'm going to pick the Ravens uh, to get the victory here. Raiders and Seahawks, your pick. I'm going Seahawks. I think the the Hawks have done enough to to be considered the better team here, uh, but I think that's probably partly on the Raiders. The Raiders haven't been very good, and uh, this is again one of those games where uh, if if the NFL, if the football gods were were smiling on us, it would just be a tie because I don't really think either team here is a clear favorite. Uh, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm missing something. But I think the Seahawks win. But it's it's just one of those meh games. Yeah. I'm also picking the Seahawks. Uh, I, I'm not confident in this Raiders squad. I used to be at the beginning of the season, thought ah, it's kind of a rough start. They'll kind of get back out of it, but they have not. They have not been getting, been able to get out of this funk. And Geno Smith, baby, get on the Geno Smith train. He's still looking good, and uh, I think that will continue here against the Raiders, so I'm picking the Seahawks. Chargers and Cardinals, your pick. Going to go with the Chargers. Uh, we talked about how they've been a little bit unlucky, a little bit whelming, but the Cardinals have been kind of bad. So uh, whelming is better than bad, and I'm going to choose the Chargers for that. Yeah, I'm also going to pick the Chargers as well. Uh, Cardinals continue their descent. Uh, It's going to be a rough season for the Cardinals. 
Um, but hey, Kyler Murray is back, so you get to see some Kyler Murray get beaten up by the Chargers. Uh, the Saints and the 49ers, your pick. I'm going to go 49ers here. Uh, they had a great game last week. The Saints, as well as Andy Dalton played, they also played the Rams. And uh, that apparently is how you have good games, is just play LA. So I'm um, going to go the 49ers here because I think they overall just the better team, but I think they they really have a chance to to kind of pop off in this game against the Saints team that um, might have some false hope after beating the defending Super Bowl champions, LA Rams. That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick the 49ers. Uh, I, they, they look great in that Cardinals game. Um, and I think that will continue here. The saints are such very up and down. They could always be some, a team that could, you know, come from behind, be a dark horse pick. And I like to keep an eye on the saints, but uh, not in this scenario. I'm going to pick the 49ers Rams and chiefs. Your Rams are taking up against those mighty chiefs. How are you feeling in this one? I'm going to give you a score prediction. Oh, all right. I like it. 41 13 for the Chiefs, obviously. Oh, I was just going to say, whoa, here we go. <laughs> Let's go. I, I would have no, gone for uh, it, but uh, yeah. I, this might be a game where I just uh, have a nap in the middle of it because <laughs> I don't think it's going to go well at all. Uh, will there be tears or will you just uh, accept the fate? Do you, uh, there's going to be a lot of tears. There's always tears. <laughs> Do you remember the game between the Chiefs and the Rams a few years ago? The Color Rush Unis. Yes. They scored like 104 points combined. It was like the greatest football game I've ever watched. Yeah. That was that Monday um, Nighter, I think, a couple of years ago, right? My so, God. Yeah. Was, uh, Monday Nighter. Yeah. Jared Goff just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, you're like, man, Jared Goff is the future. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'd, I'd kill I'd kill to have that game again, but I know 41 13. That's my that's my score. Yeah, that's my score prediction. I'll tell you what Jared Goff was great for my fantasy team that year. I uh, was very happy to have Goff on my squad. Um, yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm sorry, buddy, uh, but the Chiefs are gonna it's gonna be tough for this Ram squad, uh, especially when they're not at full strength. So unless Aaron Donald decides, you know what? I'm just going to carry the team on my back and just sack Patrick Mahomes 10 times during this game. Uh, I'm pretty confident in the Chiefs and getting the victory over the Rams here. If you well, were, if Aaron Donald plays both ways, if he plays quarterback, receiver, and NTT, <laughs> then maybe yeah. they have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> hey, put him like a running back, like they did with the Refrigerator Perry uh, in the eighties. You know, so. I said, I said they're going to run Wildcat. I didn't say who was going to begin the ball. <laughs> Aaron Donald up the gut, baby. Let's go. Let's go. You know what? Get excited for that. I, I would love to see Aaron Donald run the ball just once and see what happens. How would they react to Aaron Donald coming at them at full tilt? You know, because he runs pretty quick for, for a guy his size. I think he runs a four five four six or something. So uh, be very afraid if you were had to tackle him. Um, let's go to the Sunday night or Green Bay Packers versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Your pick. Eagles start the season 10 and one with a win over the Packers. Breaking news. I can see into the future. Can you, though? Can no. you though? Then, <laughs> I was just gonna say, do you have this like crystal ball that you look into? Because I was gonna say, I think your crystal ball is quite dirty. Because this is my upset pick. Really, I'm, I'm picking the Packers over the Eagles. I wow. I think the Packers are starting to turn it around a little bit. I think they've got the offense to do it now. I think, and I'm gonna pick them over the Eagles. I think the Eagles look didn't look that great against the Colts. And uh, it took a comeback against the, the Jeff Saturday-led Colts. Just want to remind you of that. The Jeff Saturday-led Colts to lead a comeback. And Sirianni's out there acting like he won the Super Bowl. 
I think in the prime time against the Packers, Rodgers usually comes out to play. I'm going to pick the Packers here to take the Eagle uh, to to beat the Eagles, given their second loss of the season. I I respect that you mentioned the primetime game. Not only is it Sunday night football, it's Sunday night football for Thanksgiving That's weekend, right. and you know that that makes sense. Uh, I'm still going to go the Eagles. I I think you know it's hard to bet against a team that's nine and one. You mentioned the Packers are on the upswing. That being said, I'm not sure if that's an actual upswing or if it's just to look a little bit better because they look so bad to begin with. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And that, and I also thought about that angle too. Um, but uh, I'm picking the Packers. Could it be the anti-Eagle sentiment creeping through my mind? Probably. But uh, I, 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 I'm picking the Packers here. And Monday Night Football, uh, not really an exciting one here. Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Indianapolis Colts. But hey, Jeff Saturday returns to ESPN, if you really think about it, so... Good for him. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to go the Steelers here. They 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 played the Bengals pretty well. You mentioned Kenny Pickett's been, been looking a little bit better. They've got some weapons offensively. And uh, Najee Harris is starting to turn things around a little bit there. Um, and I think the defense is good enough to shut down Jonathan Taylor. And outside of Taylor, I'm not sure they have too much to worry about. Interesting. Yeah, I this was a toss-up game for me. Uh, but I'm going to pick the Colts um, slight edge though, like not a dominant victory. Um, I, I, I like Jonathan Taylor against this team. I, I like, uh, I, I think Michael Pittman will have a good game. Uh, I, I think, I think Saturday will lead his team enough to get over the Steelers. I, and, and trust me, I was thinking about Steelers in this as well. Um, obviously with Watt in there and Minka Fitzpatrick on the defensive side of the ball, but I'm going to pick the Colts. I'm going to pick the Colts. And that's it. That's everything to look at in the world of pro football. We went through everything. We talked about video games. We talked about extra pulp in the orange juice. We talked about the Hornswoggle origin story. But we, of course, we also talked about uh, the CFL, the Great Cup. We looked back at week 11. There was so much talked about, Mr. Vernon, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to have you on. And uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I don't know if I'll, we'll, we'll see how we, we'll pr- I'll probably have you back on for maybe one more if you're down in terms of the week. Definitely want to have you back on for uh, when we start some draft coverage because I know you're, uh, you s- analyze the players very well uh, in terms of listing players. And so I'd love to have you back on for that. We'll kind of see. This is kind of an open flow, you know, uh, when it comes to the show. But uh, it's always a, a pleasure to have you on, buddy. And uh, anything you wanted to promote before uh, we, we head out? Uh, not too much. Don't have too much going on. Just wanted to say thanks for having me and uh, appreciate. It. And I'd love to I'd love to hop back on with you. So uh, look forward to setting that up. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll have you back on for one more uh, before the season ends, uh, and and definitely do that. And so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you could tune in to uh, the show, obviously on your favorite podcast player, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, it's on there. Um, also we started up a YouTube channel, Gibby's football podcast, YouTube channel, just clips from the show. And we'll probably, you'll be seeing a clip of from this uh, episode on there as well. Um, but uh, you could look back at old clips and, 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 uh, enjoy our video content as well. Um, want to thank my brother Garrett for helping out uh, with that sort of stuff. What I am to audio and radio, he is to TV and video. So, uh, there you go. Uh, it's uh, it's a dynamic duo, I think. And so you can check out his uh, YouTube channel as well. He does some really funny movie reviews. Uh, so you can check it out there. Um, again, listen to the podcast. Uh, for as long as Twitter lasts, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore McGibbons, Z-A-C-H underscore M-C-G-I-B-B-O-N. I decided to join Hive recently. I don't know if you've heard of Hive Social. 
Um, but it's kind of a Twitter alternative. I'm on there now. So at uh, Roz Gibby on, on there, if you wanted to follow me on Hive, uh, join me in the Hive. Um, and uh, you can also follow the football podcast on Facebook and Instagram where you can keep in track with the latest episodes. I used to do the predictions, share what my results were, but time is too much and I can't edit a, together a graphic in time. So uh, you, you have to find out if I got it right or wrong through this podcast. So uh, continue to listen to the show, continue to like the show, share it around, and uh, we'll see you next week for another edition of Gibby's Football Podcast. <laughs>